It's Friday, January 5th, 2024, and this is the Talk Film Society podcast. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, Editor-in-Chief of Talk Film Society, here with me, as always, uh, for another chapter of this awards season 2023 series, my co-host, Siobhan Irving. Hello, Siobhan. Oh, God. Marcelo... (laughs) It is. Yes. What has it been? It's been. It's been two weeks two since weeks. we've been able to talk awards. It's been. It's been uh, two weeks, and like I just feel I, I have felt something empty lurking inside of me, right? right? And like now that I'm here, I am. This is what I was missing. This is it. Was talking about the awards season with you. This is what I needed. Right. Can't say the same for me. Uh, I'm kidding. It's been two weeks. And what have we done in the last two weeks? We'll get to that here in a second. But I don't want to talk about that. Oh, I I think we should. Well, we won't talk about all of that. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) we've both been through things the last two weeks. I mean, I'm currently still a little sick. Marcelo's sick. I've got other things on my other mind things. But, the, but i did until this fucking recording started and now the only thing on my mind is awards for the next at least 90 minutes uh just just think think of nothing else siobhan just awards the, just the, the oh god those golden those men golden men being handed out to to people of all uh creeds and nationalities creeds and nationalities uh and also those those giant Circular shiny orbs that are going to be handed out this Sunday. Yeah, and like there's like a fucking angel holding them or something. No, no, I'm talking about the Golden Globes. Uh, yeah, isn't that what that is? I thought it was the Emmys. That the Emmys? That's the Emmys. That's the Emmys. You're thinking of the That's Emmys. The Emmys. Yeah. I can't think of what a Golden Globe looks I, like. I, I think off the top of my head, I think the Golden Globe is just a globe and then just like some, like a Gold. weird, a weird force holding it up. Actually, I'm going to look up Golden Globe. See what that looks like. Yeah, try to describe this to me. I'm not going to look it up. So, yeah, as of this recording, I mean, it's Wednesday, January 3rd. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, This is our first record of the new year. Uh, We tried to record um, a few days ago, but I said, nope, no thank you. I'm too sick. And Marcelo's a little sick boy. um, Yeah, I I, I, I may have problems. Uh, Okay, so the Golden Globe... (laughs) It's okay. Uh, it's a it's a globe. It's an Earth okay. uh, with some film wrapped around it on mm. a pedestal. So, having having yeah. film on it is just so appropriate. Yeah, uh, because it, it it honors the best of film, the Golden Globes, and also TV. So that's kind of, and also not many things are shot on film anymore. So I mean, it's. Uh, how are you going to put a digital camera on this thing? Yeah. You know, so. Well, I I mean, uh, Marcelo, I don't know if you want to just get, get right into it. Cinematography. No, that's not what I wanted to do. Oh, but yeah. Sorry. We are here to talk about yeah. cinematography. Yeah. Um, we're talking the which, best. Look, I mean, this is this is one of the big ones. This is. Uh, I, I, I decided to start the new year off with a bang. Uh, one of the one of the top awards this award season, any award season, it's cinematography. Uh, we're covering our favorites of the year. We're going to talk about what's in contention, uh, and we're going to talk about a best cinematography award winner at the Oscars. Mm, That's mm, right, Siobhan. Yes. What is it? We are talking about 
uh, Marcelo's pick for best cinematography for what he wanted to talk about about best cinematography, which is uh, the two th- Peter Veer's classic 2003 uh, sh- just dudes being dudes ship movie, Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World. Yes, the award winner from 2003. Um, by the way, Siobhan says it's my pick. I was coerced into picking this. Wow. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm sure, I mean, you know. Yeah, but but you know, lo- long and short of it is, uh, Siobhan's like, oh, there's one best cinematography winner I do enjoy, <laughs> and I go, which one's that? Is I would she- like to, not that I do enjoy it, that I would like to see because I had never seen this movie. Before. Oh, you've never seen? I thought you had seen this before. No, that that's why I wanted to watch it. So oh, because like I was mm. like, the opportunity is here. You know, I, I, I misunderstood. I, I thought you liked it and you were like saying you wanted to do it because you enjoyed the movie. I, I didn't know you didn't see it. So, okay, good. It worked out. Breaking revelations already. Wow. In 2023. Yeah, so this is this is the segment, Who Are We? Uh, okay. So, Siobhan, before this, has not seen Master and Commander, Force of the World. I have. That should give you uh, an insight of who we are. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, awards. Let, let me ask you this, Siobhan. It's the oh, first. Oh, 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 um, sorry. And back to that. Marcel is sick. Yeah, I'm a little sick. Uh, Siobhan, let me ask you this. What's up? It's the first week of 2024. Oh, yeah. Um, how do you feel about. Okay, let me be more specific. I got a, I got a better question. Thank you. I was about to cut that one off. When the nominees for the Oscars, uh, when those uh, are going mm. to be uh, announced, how many Best Picture nominees mm. do you think you will have seen before question. they're announced? Wow, uh, beautiful uh, question. Ten nominees, by the way, this year. Ten, ten nominees. nominees? Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go through like the movies I've seen last year. Just let me calculate this in my head right now. Boop, 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 deep, Okay, definitely one. Um, you will have seen one. You, you, for sure. Okay. I, I'm going so down the list still. Okay. Hold on. You know, I'm betting Dark Horse 2. So there's two. Two. Okay. Um, three. Three. Great radio, okay. by the way. We're just at three so far. Some, some counting. All right. Uh, four, four. Um, I think that is our final number. I will have seen four, <laughs> four of the BP ten. nominees by the time this comes. Okay. Uh, and I, one of them's a dark horse. My dark horse. Okay. And, I, and you want me to say what those are? Sure. Uh, can, can I no. guess what? Well, two, two of them we have to talk about in our, what have we watched segment? Well, look, uh, I, 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 do they overlap? Uh, uh, we can mention it without you giving an opinion. So I okay, I know yes. you I know you've seen the holdovers. So that's one. I've seen the holdovers. That's one. Okay, that's one. I know you've seen yeah. Barbie. That's two. That's two. Um I know you've seen May December. That's three. Oh, I didn't think about that one. Okay. I, I'm, three. I'm pretty sure that'll be nominated. I, I have I have a good also, feeling. I don't know if I put that on this list here. Oh well. Uh number four. The the dark horse I think you're talking about is the Iron Claw. No, no. Okay, so never mind. That's not further that. back in the year. Further back in the year. All right, I, I gave and like a light kind of uh, biopic comedy. 
Oh, light bio Oppenheimer. No, I'm kidding. Not bio is biopic the right. I still have not seen Oppenheimer. Uh, is biopic the right word? Oh, wait. based on a true story film. Oh, sorry, Maestro. You've seen Maestro. You talked about that. Last Maestro episode. is one of them. So we're up to four. Four based on Marcello's. Uh, um, you really? Is May December really in the? I I I think BP? so. I you know I you know I'm willing to bet. It's going, and and this is me being hopeful because I do love MD and the BP. Uh, hey, and 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 uh, th- this is this is still the segment. Who are we? Um, oh yeah, I want to make <laughs> this show, this series, because we started this last year in December, and uh, uh, from the beginning I said this is going to be uh, a a a ruler. This is going to be a the, we're we're, we're yes. using the scientific method here. Okay. This is a teaching tool for yes. you, the listener. We are prognosticators. Okay. Professionals. Uh, I I won last year's Talk Film Society Oscar pool. Uh, I got every, all of all nominees. Sorry, I, I picked all the winners except for, I think uh, in four categories. So I missed four categories last year. Uh, yeah, and I, I I probably got you know like. Forty percent of them, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to pull it up. We 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 went over it first episode. But anyway, I I I'm not going to brag. I and, and like I said a few episodes ago, I might fuck up. I might I might you know you know lose this. You're known this to fuck up. Like, yeah, I'm sorry to say it. I'm but a like, big fuck up. You are. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I think the goal of this show is for us, for both of us, to be better prognosticators. We're we're looking and at better the news, people, frankly. Better people, absolutely. I want us at the end of 15 episodes to be better people to give to charity you know <laughs> to help our fellow men and women and others and women and women yes, thank you marcelo <laughs> that's part of your problems in the past <laughs> um anyway what was i saying uh literally i forgot what i was saying i went on a we're on the best picture thing oh best pictures uh, um oh but anyway best pictures uh, uh, let's just go back to, to, to your list. So just, just, just tell me what I'm missing. I, I, I named a few already. Uh, this was my dark horse, yeah. um, air. Oh yeah. Air. Oh, I just remembered May, December. So, okay. Air, I say, my gut says has less of a chance to get it in best picture than May, December, May, December. Uh, this is why I went on a rant. Uh, my, my gut says May, December will get in. You know, maybe tenth place, only because it has such um, uh, uh, great performances. And this is a this is a fact. Uh, a lot of people know uh, who is the major, uh, uh, who is the majority player in Oscar voters. Like what's like Julianne Moore. <laughs> What? <laughs> Just Julianne Moore herself? She has like messy lesbians. <laughs> no, close. Actors. Actors are the mm. are the biggest voting body in the Oscars in the Academy. So, and May December is a very actory movie. So, <laughs> I think Julianne Moore will get a nomination. Uh, Charles Melton will definitely get a nomination. Um, but you got well, Marcelo. But you gotta admit, there are more actors in Air than there are in May December. But did Air does does Air have the has the what 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 is it the kids say the Riz does Air have the Riz that made December that doesn't apply at all. <laughs> I'm trying to sound cool here. Um, I know. <clears throat> but but I, I I think Air has lost some of his luster. If you know if Air was released, I think 
uh, in December or November, it, it, it may have gotten more heat, as the kids also say. But mm. but but air came out when like this past summer, like in August or something. So, uh, but definitely a dark horse. You know, if if twenty twenty three for sure, air came out in twenty twenty three to letterboxed. How about we make a a a, a bet? If Air gets into the best picture race, uh, uh, what's what do we bet? What's uh, do we bet money? Do we bet uh, something else? What do you want to What do you want to put on the line, Siobhan? Do you got any crypto? Do I have crypto? Yeah, you can have one of my Ric Flair crypto. <laughs> uh, I, I I saw that before logging in. I saw Ric Flair sharing. Uh, he's selling. He's selling crypto now. And you can have one of my uh, ultra rare uh, Undertaker uh, <laughs> uh, NFTs. Okay, cool. So uh, if if Air gets in, uh, I have to give Siobhan one of my Ric Flair uh, crypto coins. And if Air doesn't get in, I get an Undertaker NFT. Perfect. Done and done. So that's who we are. <clears throat> that's who we are next segment the news who we were that's who we were now it's the news there's one news that just broke like not but an hour ago that we're Uh-oh. gonna focus on oh i know this news yeah that's right rick flair just announced he's selling <laughs> crypto coins no the big news is breaking here it is. Oscar shakeup. Barbie moves to adapted screenplay despite campaigning for original. Oh my god. Fuck. What the fuck? Fuck. Jesus Christ. All right. God, what are we going to do? Siobhan, we go to you first. What what's going to happen next? It's tough to say because my world has kind of been completely flipped upside down by this news. It's it's ridiculous. Um but I think call me call me wackadoo if you want. Wackadoo. But I think Barbie is going to get nominated for best adapted screenplay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I uh, it, it's a bold claim. I uh, uh, mm. what should we bet? If Barbie gets no, no, let's not do this again. Uh, I, okay, I'm gonna go to Gold Derby. Uh, uh, no, normally they already have it updated. Have they updated it? They have not updated it yet because it just happened an hour ago. Um, well, but, where was where was it? Chances on the original. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna do that right now, Siobhan. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, 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 it's okay because um, you're just one step ahead of me. Best original screenplay. Here's how the odds were. Uh, uh, before they update this and before they they, they move Barbie over to uh, best adapted screenplay. And for those who don't know, and for those who tend to wait until the end of the show for us to talk about Gold Derby, Gold Derby is the site. You a bunch of so-called experts and just readers of the website. They go in and they predict who's going to win the Oscars. I think it's a good starting place for uh, for, for picking your picks for who's going to win, who's, who's going to be nominated. Uh, 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 hey, you, you want you want to you want a hint for your Oscar pools people? Go to Gold Derby, and then don't just copy Gold Derby. That's a mistake, but just use it as a guideline. Uh, okay, best original screenplay before the news broke. 
Here are... Hey, why don't we do this? Siobhan Guest. <laughs> Best original screenplay. Holdovers. Yes, Holdovers number one. Barbie. Barbie number two. Um. <laughs> yeah, the first two. The Killer. Uh, no, the killer is no. That, well, that's adapted. That 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 I know is is based uh, on a graphic novel. So that's not on here. Of course, of course. How how foolish of me. Um, <laughs> I okay. How about I, I, I'll give you this hint. Or Asteroid these, City. Uh, Asteroid City is number fifteen on this list. Jesus Christ! I'll give you this hint. You've seen these, and we just talked that's- about them. Oh, uh, Maestro and Iron Claw. Ooh, so close. Maestro, number Maestro. five. Uh, Iron Claw, number 14. Uh, uh, let's just let's just stop here. No, uh, my Maestro and uh, Holdovers we talked about already. Uh, Barbie, we, Barbie, did I not say Barbie? You, you did say Barbie. Okay. I'll, I'll give you one more hint. I talked about this a lot just now. <laughs> I took... <laughs> I gave very, I gave a lot of good reasons why I think it's going to win, or sorry, if, why I think it's going to get nominated for Best Picture. May, May, December. December. You got it. That's the top six. So that's number six. So original screenplay, they predicted Holdovers, Barbie, Past Lives, number three, Anatomy of a Fall, number four, Maestro, number five, May, December six, and hey, Air at seven. Mm. So that was original screenplay. Let's go to adapted. See it. Let's go to adapted. Uh, all right. Uh, any any guesses, Siobhan, for adapted screenplay? Killers of the Flower Moon. Number one. Oppenheimer. Number two. Poor Things. Number three. Wow, are you just reading this? You're getting it. it wow, I'm impressed. Mm, now it gets tougher. You got the first three. Um. How about the? Uh, how about uh, how about uh, how about all of us strangers? Ooh, that's, you know I'm going to give you that point. That's number six. Mm-hmm. Now you just need two more. Uh, I'll say okay. I'll give you this hint. One of these movies stars a notorious owner of a diamond mine. American Fiction. Yes, that's number four. Uh, and number five, here's my hint. This is depressing. Depressing movie. I've not seen this yet. It's Zone of interest. Yes. Number five. You got it, Siobhan. Look at you. Hey, you are, you've just graduated to flow, be- flow, flow, board. <laughs> flow, <laughs> to, to flow, born. to full, to flow, born. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm a little sick. You've just graduated to, sick, yes. to, to full blown. Oscar expert. Uh, yeah, and all, hey, look, all it took was like looking at a list of <laughs> movies that could be on there while I did this and pretending I wasn't. Oh, really? Is that what you did? Yeah. How? What? Okay. What list were you looking at? It's it's in talkfromsociety.com/slash/discord. Oh, uh, uh, in our wait. talk awards channel, most recently posted. So, tell me this, Siobhan. If I wanted to cheat at the Gold Derby game mm. and look at a list uh, that somebody posted in there. Predicting what's going to get nominated for best adapted screenplay. How can I do that? How can I get into that Discord? Well, Marcella, if you were listening just thirty seconds ago, I mentioned this URL 
talkfilmsociety.com slash discord. Join our discord. Lovely people in there. Uh, over a hundred of them. And we're all talking about film, film. awards. Absolutely. And what have you. I just saw somebody, uh, a, a good friend of mine and ours and talk from society. Mike Schindler is posting about Steven Soderbergh's uh, movies uh, that he's seen in 2023 list. Good times. Here, here's my quick thought on Barbie uh, in adapted screenplay. I have a feeling, yeah, I think it's going to win the Oscar. I think it's going to be one of those things where Barbie, Barbie's not going to win Best Picture. Barbie's not going to win Best Director. Barbie is going to sweep a lot of the technical awards. And I think it's going to be one of those. And I think it, I think it will deserve the win because uh, it is a great movie. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, okay, Greta's got to win something. Greta and her husband. I forget his name. They got to win something. So what's going to be? That's right. An Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. So, uh, we'll just I say. think you're insane. You think I'm insane? Why? I think you're just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see come Oscar night. All right. So that's the news. Uh, we're zipping through this. We're, we're, we're doing pretty well. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're about to come up on a segment that will go for a long time. This will take I think. an hour, I think. Um, all right. So it's been two weeks since we last yeah. talked. So we have a lot to talk about in this next segment. What is it that we have been watching over here? Uh, okay. Two weeks. A lot of films. I was watching a lot of movies for a while there. Yeah. And so I've got a lot of movies to talk about, Marcelo. All right. So the first one here on my list, one that Marcelo said I would uh that would end up on my top 10 of the year. Wait, did I say that? You absolutely said that. I It was. Oh, Rebel yes. Moon Part 1: A Child of Fire. Oh, Zack well, okay, yeah, sure. How uh, how that turn out? Uh, pretty good. I don't know. I didn't love it. Um but, you know, it's cool. It's like this, I don't know, his his own unique take on Star Wars and I think it's more interesting than any of the most recent Star Wars movies. Well, hold on. Can I jump in? Can I just just interrupt you and just stop your train of thought just to say the stupid thing? Um, it, it, isn't this based off uh, his idea for the star for a Star Wars movie? Like he he, he pitched. Could not tell you. I, I think I read that. I think he pitched a Star Wars movie. I think he was in talks and he had this idea for a Star Wars movie. They go no. Zack Snyder, get away from Star Wars. Then he goes, okay, fuck you. I'm going to make my own Star Wars movie, and I call it Star Wars. I think that's how it went down. That's cool. I mean, a director with that that could get that kind of budget to do that. I think it's cool if that yeah. he pursued it. But talk about it. It's, it's cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. It creates an interesting world, although obviously derivative, but I didn't dislike that. I am invested in the characters it's one of those like it's a it's a part one and like although i do think it reaches a mostly satisfying conclusion it, it's obviously a setup for part two because I, I i don't know 70 of the movie is we're gonna build the team and the lady has to travel like we get the setup and then we gotta go build the team to kill the the emperor we already have this confirmed that there is a Snyder cut. Even though it's a good length, it does feel like 
some stuff was cut. It feels like maybe we could have had a little bit more time in different locations, maybe built up these relationships a little more thoroughly. And I think we will end up getting that in the Snyder cut of Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Uh, and I'm excited to see that version. Like, I, I liked this movie enough to see another version of it, for sure. And I, I am most, I am invested enough in the characters that I want to see Rebel Moon Part 2, The Scar Giver. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm jumping in here. Visuals are really nice too. Like it, it looks yeah. really great. Well, uh, th- that was one thing that was mentioned in an episode uh, where you're like, "We're not going to do the visual effects episode until I've seen Rebel Moon." That's what you said. Will, will Rebel Moon feature in the visual effects episode? We'll see. But I think I said, "Oh, I'll give it a shot." Now, two things happened since I said that. Since I said I'll see Rebel Moon. Number one being, I was logged out of Netflix. Uh, here, here at home. Uh, no. So, as of right now, I do not have Netflix in my home anymore, and I refuse to buy Netflix. So that's one. Two. Yeah, I heard all this Snyder Cut bullshit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to. And look, don't get me wrong. I did. I, I'll, I'll flat out say I loved the four-hour Justice League Snyder Cut. Okay. Yeah. I think that I think that's a special movie, right? One of my favorite movies ever. Like it's a masterful film. It's it's like really. It is. I think we both agree. created. Yeah. Like it's it's so beyond impressive in my mind. I think so. I I think it is a special movie, and I do enjoy every time, or almost every time, Zack Snyder decides to make an extended cuts of something. I do like that Watchmen extended cut. Like the really mm-hmm. long cut. I think the five hour one or however long that one is. Um, I think the Sucker Punch extended cut is is okay. So I understand why he does this. Uh, for studio films, it makes sense because he wants to deliver a shorter cut, a PG-13 cut sometimes for a film. And then later he goes, you know what? Here's the R-rated. Here's the extended cuts. You know, f- uh, forget this. Uh, you know, it, yeah, forget playing this in theaters. You just watch this at home. It could be as long as you want. This is a Netflix movie he's making. Why not just do the thing he wants to do first? Why not just yeah. make the three-hour version? Why, why not just make an R-rated version? It feels... I, I've seen a few people say this, including our mutual friend, uh, the real Matt C., Matt Carrione. He... Like, it, it, it feels kind of manufactured um, to be kind of like... The Snyder Cut is out, you know, like, like try to get on the Snyder Cut bandwagon, like try to recreate some of that um, enthusiasm and ferocity (laughs) that came from that. Uh, But like, that's not going to work. No. Yeah. It just it. it, I mean, we're talking about a company that let Scorsese do a three and a half hour gangster movie. You know, uh, uh, and and less and lets their artists just go buck wild, and yet you have Zack Snyder making two versions of a movie you could have just made one version of and just leave it at that. So that that's my problem. That's it. Yeah. Um. So I, I agree with you. I'll wait for the extended versions of 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 all these movies. Uh. So I'll just I won't see Rebel Moon now. I'll I'll eventually see it down the line. So that's that that that's me and Rebel Moon. The end. 
Yeah, I, I pray that you see it. Um, I hope so too. From one Netflix movie to another, Marcella. Yeah. And this one, yeah. And would you say that I conducted that segue <laughs> quite nicely? You did. You were almost like a Leonard Bernstein in a way. A Leonard Bernstein type, a, a maestro, if you will. Maestro, I will let you talk. Um. All right, maestro is so obviously a vanity project. Like it is so. Bradley Cooper just like. He's jumping straight to his dream movie before I think I think it probably would have been smarter to do some other movie in between, gain more experience with filmmaking before you go right into your dream project movie. Because like it's it's not great. It's too long. It, it falls into the traps that a lot of biopic that every biopic does. I don't know. This is it's it's not satisfying to watch. It's not particularly interesting in any way. Everybody is like theater acting, overacting in a way that I didn't really enjoy. I I think it's got a lot of like just awkward and weird shit to it that needed to be ironed out. I don't. It just doesn't. It just uh, it. It is not quite what I expected it to be. Like I was hopeful for the movie because frankly, I, I love a star is born. I think that movie is absolutely excellent. It's one of my favorite movies of the last, like, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. But, and I was like, okay, it's follow up. I'm in, <clears throat> even though the, it, the subject matter didn't interest me. And I mean, I saw the signs along the way that I was like, probably not going to love it, but I was like, it'll probably at least be interesting. And yeah, yeah, sure, it is interesting, <laughs> but I don't it it I don't like it. It's not good. Yeah, I I talked about this I think last episode or la- the last one we recorded, right? Um, before our break, uh, and I I had hopes that you'd like this more than me, but it sounds like we're kind of falling in uh, around the same. Uh, I think I think both the reviews of it are sort of the same here, where. I also love A Star is Born. I'm, I'm not going to repeat myself. Just listen back to the last episode where I talked about it. But yeah, I agree for, with pretty much all you've said. And I... Well, let me ask you this. I said uh, uh, during my review that I feel like this, I think, will connect with the Academy. I think it'll get nominated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So did, did you have that feeling? Did you feel like this was going to be a big awards contender? Even this though... This is 100... That, that, this is... That that's who this was made for. Yeah, this was made for nobody else but Bradley Cooper and like old people that, <laughs> that remember Leonard Bernstein and have some affection for him. Well, and and which would be artsy assholes. I, <laughs> and my girlfriend who who oh, lo- who loves Leonard oh, Bernstein and and she oh, and she Elise, I'm sorry and she hated this movie. By the way, she she did not like Maestro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Bernstein is amazing, and I think a big reason why this movie is least watchable for some, including my girlfriend, is the music, uh, uh, which just pulls from Bernstein's catalog. But somebody on Twitter said that this is what happens when you lose the Oscar to uh, 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 Bohemian Rhapsody. Because uh, <laughs> I think that's who he lost to, right, in 2018? God. Insane. Yeah, so he decides to make his own Bohemian Rhapsody, which I'll say this is not as bad as Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's it's God no. <laughs> but hey, 
it's it's close. Um, no, you know, no, it, no, no, yeah, absolutely I, not. That's unfair. I won't accept that. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. But it 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 kind of it kind of falls in line with like a biopic where it's maybe too. It's not interesting enough. There, there there's not enough going on there where. I think he deserves the Oscar win, or he deserves uh, um, uh, praise for his performance. There, it's just missing. The it's, jumps in time are so hard to follow. Um, in particular, yeah. like I think there's a failure on the editing part, where it's like, I think we needed some type of card just to tell us, "Hey, it's 1968 now," or whatever yeah. the fuck. Because like it just felt. I was I was getting lost really pretty often about where we even were or what was happening, what the relationship status of people was. I it's 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 hard to follow in a way that's just it's confusing. Like, like why is it hard to follow? Confusing on a structural level. Well, I thought. Well, one thing uh, I I uh, I looked at to make sure or to to help me out in terms of time is Bradley Cooper's face. And that makeup. How'd you feel that? Ba- How'd you feel about that makeup, Siobhan? Oscar winning makeup's fine. It, it'll win best makeup. I'm yeah. just gonna say that right now. Yeah. Um. It's it didn't bother me. I mean, like that one picture they put out of his nose that everybody made fun of. It doesn't look as bad in motion. Sure. Yeah. 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 It it didn't it didn't it, it stuck out to me, but in a kind of a positive way. Yeah. But yeah, what else can we say about what else can be said about Maestro? Let's save that for a future episode because I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about it. Um, and then here, I, look, I had something bad happen to me in the last couple weeks. That uh, in the last week, that these movies have all been watched in the last week, and like, so keep in mind that like my mind is in a weird place right now, where my focus could not fully be paid to these films. I needed to get out of the house. Um, like I, I've been going through it. I needed to get out of the house and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go to my first movie since saw X. I haven't been to the theater since September. And the only movie that interested me was the iron claw. Um, so I went to the iron claw, the iron claw, a, a, the iron claw, a movie that I've talked about on this show. And I've been meaning to rewatch. It's been stuck in my head. I was eager to see what you thought of it. I know you've gone through it. Siobhan, so talk about what you want to talk about. It's tough, honestly. Like I, uh, uh, but I mean, I think this movie is successful in a lot of ways. Um, it's certainly like a better like. This is how you make a biopic. You, you make it uh, good as opposed to bad, like my show. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think the first the first hour of the film is the most effective to me. It is it is not what you expect it to be. Uh, the, like, you know, that you know, going in this film's a tragedy. Uh, but the first hour of this film is, it's, it's joyous. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's lovely. It's, um, it's, uh, you're, exp- uh, there are hardships along the way, but you're experiencing true brotherly love between four brothers. Unlike I've ever seen before, like these like on film like these these this family while troubled they they did love each other and that love is so pure and they express that um just excellently uh through the filmmaking and i'd say the second hour when that family starts to fall apart 
it's it's still engaging to watch. It has, um, and like I think it would have hit me harder if I was in a different headspace. Uh, Zac Efron's amazing. I can't believe he's not in Best Actor conversations. Really, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's ridiculous. Oh. Uh, his commitment's insane. This is his best performance by far, and I think he's a very fine actor. And everybody else, the ensemble, like this is a this is a this is a best ensemble film, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna think going back to best supporting actress. Our episode on that already happened. Yeah, I'm wondering if I would have put more Tierney in there. Let me just go look. Yeah, I I think I I, I think I would have. Yeah, I put her down as an honorable mention. Um, she she doesn't have. Uh, a huge role in the movie, but when she's yeah. in the movie during certain moments, especially one scene in particular, yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, she, yeah, she, her character, like you said, she's not represented that much in the film, but like when she's there, she holds a power over her scenes. I think, yeah, um, and I think there was a lot of. <clears throat> authenticity and complex, complex complexity to her performance. Uh, that was really great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, uh, the iron cloud. Oh, and you know what? <clears throat> As a wrestling fan, which I am big wrestling fan, uh, pretty damn good wrestling, you know, like yeah. they didn't, they didn't try to, like, it, it's hard to film wrestling, I think in a cinematic way. And I think they did a good job with it. And uh, I am glad they did not try to do anything to play with the idea of of uh, reality versus kayfabe. They just they presented you with the reality uh, hardcore, uh, and I appreciated that. Yeah, I I, I said this. Uh, I think when I brought up Iron Claw, uh, Siobhan, if you can watch uh, Cassandra, because I think that movie from 2023 also handles the wrestling aspect pretty well. So yeah, I, I, I we were about to watch that. I don't know why we didn't end up. Yeah. Um, okay. So anything more to say about the iron claw? No, uh, you've said it all. Uh, there was discussion, uh, again, in the small circle of film Twitter about, uh, Bradley Cooper in Maestro and Zac Efron in iron claw. And one example of like how uh, Zac Efron handles that biopic aspect of his character more profoundly than than Bradley Cooper and Maestro, and the fact that Efron won't get a nomination and Cooper will, it's odd to me and a lot of other. The people. system is broken. Yeah, system is broken. Shut it down. Yeah. Um, Stop the count. Now, um, now I told you. Um, that I would not watch this movie. Uh, and I lied. Be, I, 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 was in a sp- I was in a bad space, and I was willing to throw away my morals. Yeah, you made... To uh, watch yeah, you, you, the you, holdovers. You decided to make some terrible decisions, so you watched the holdovers. Some terrible decisions, like watching the holdovers. A movie I thought was bad. <laughs> uh, I, I generally have enjoyed Alexander Payne's work in the past, this didn't hit it for me at all. I didn't like the look of the movie. I didn't like any of the performances. I don't care about Paul Giamatti, even though I I don't think his I think his chances of winning Best Actor are not that bad. 
I didn't care about the kid. I didn't care about anything. I divine Joy Randolph. I didn't even think she was that. Per- she was even that interesting, and she will win Best at- Supporting Actress. As of now, if it happened tomorrow, she will win. Yeah. Um. I. I. I, I don't know, man. It, it just didn't hit me at all. It really didn't. Nothing about it stood out. Um. And I disliked, straight up disliked a lot about it. <laughs> the holdovers. I'm frankly uh, happy that somebody said the holdovers is bad. I've been hearing a lot of people say it's great. Me too. Everybody says it's good. We gotta, we gotta bring in people who say it's, it's not good. Just, just to balance things out. We gotta get that backlash out there. Absolutely, get the back hey, for people who forgot about Alexander Payne and his Me Too. Get, get that back in there. Get that in the conversation. Yeah, for real. Yeah, actually, yeah. Future Best Director nominee. Possibly. Uh, Showing Up was my next film. Oh, um, yeah. Well, well, this one I have. Actually, this was Paramount, I think. Yeah, yeah. It just got on Paramount Plus. I just saw that because I, I need to rewatch it. Marcelo, I know this was one of your favorites of the year. Top 10. Confirm or deny. Top 10. Top 10. Top 10. Yeah. Top 10. Love it. Um, I also enjoyed it. I like this film was more the speed that I needed right now, I think. Uh, it was very... Uh, casual, very simple. This is, dare I say, this is mumblecore, Marcelo. <laughs> sure. A, a a phrase I've always had a problem with, by the way, <laughs> mumblecore. Because I think yeah, it's, I like it's, it. It, I, I understand it's, it's usage in the, in the early 2000s and whatnot, but I, I think it's overstated. It's welcome. Um, because I just think this is a nice little indie movie. Great. <laughs> well, I can't disagree with you there. Can I just say, because I don't think I've talked about showing up at all this, this season uh, on the Talk From Society Podcast Awards season 2023. Uh, yeah, showing up, great. I saw it. I've seen it once. I need to see it again, but it's in my top 10. Uh, Kelly Reichardt, director, writer. Did not see First Cow. I don't think I've seen any of her film. Uh, I've seen Meek's Cutoff. I think that's the only one of hers I've seen. I need to see certain women. I keep hearing that's amazing. Uh, but showing up, I, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, like I said, I think I came in expecting you just You just a, showed up to the theater. I just showed up, not expecting much, but a little indie uh, darling. Uh, and it was. It was a little indie darling. Uh, Michelle Williams uh, uh, plays an artist who like just struggles to, to, to just live and and like and create art despite what's happening around her. Uh, she lives in like an apartment where the the, the water uh, uh, is broken like she, she, there's no hot water because her landlord's uh, lazy and is a more successful artist than her and and, and she's uh, just you know inherently jealous about that. Her family is a disaster um, but despite it all, she has a um, she 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 shows her arts at an arts uh, show at the end of the movie, and that entire sequence is incredible. I don't even want to mm-hmm. talk about exactly why I think it's incredible, but something happens that's like unexpected, uh, that just sort of just blew my mind, and it all came together in such a great way that it's so it's so small and simple with like these like brilliantly written characters all around like Michelle Williams, who is like very understated as a performer in here. Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. I I think it might be on my list for 
uh, honorable mentions for best cinematography. Maybe. I think I wrote that mm. down. I think we'll talk about that later. But anyway, showing up. Sorry to just jump in here and talk about it, Siobhan, but I, I wanted to say to. that. Yeah. Showing up. Good. I I I don't know why I watched this. It was like on freebie through Amazon. And I was just like I, I came I came into this thinking like this was one of those cult classic movies that uh like exploitation schlock that I might enjoy. And I was wrong. Uh I watched Surf Nazis Must Die, a trauma film. It's it's just a bad movie. I don't I don't know what people get out of watching that shit i don't get i didn't get anything kind of an interesting premise i guess but like it's they don't have budget or any thought behind it uh so it sucks completely don't again don't watch it I, that's that's I the won't. end of my thing i won't <laughs> out out with a whimper thank you siobhan in with a whimper out with a whimper <laughs> uh i'm i'm like uh i think i've seen only like uh, in my lifetime, maybe up to ten trauma films, and I've liked I've liked maybe three of them. So that's my hit rate on trauma. Um, all right, I, I've talked about trauma. I've talked about Toxic Avenger. I think uh, during the yeah. summer series this past year. No thanks, I'm not doing it. I'm I like, this is the end of my exploration. Yeah i i had uh, I had some nostalgia for 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 Toxic Avenger because I think I saw those as a kid, way too young. But seeing them as a, as an adult, no thank you. Those movies are not good. Mm. Uh, anyway, so you're done, Siobhan? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm done. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to zip through mine. Uh, Marcelo, please tell me what have you been watching? Okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you for that cue. All right, here we go. Lightning round. I'm going to speed through some of these. I saw Poor Things again. Good, solid movie. Emma Stone. Get that Oscar nomination. Uh, uh, Lathamos. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Get that. Lathamos, get that director nomination. Get in there with your wide ankle lenses. Uh, I saw Barbie again. Fantastic. I saw Blackberry again. Fantastic. Just doing some year-end, uh, making sure these movies are in my top ten, uh, sort of thing. Uh, spoiler alert: Barbie and Blackberry in my top ten. Poor things, number like twelve. So it's it's it it it, it got close. Uh, I rewatched a lot of Margot Robbie because I felt like uh, riding that Robbie high when I was back home uh, with my family and I had nothing else to do. So I watched The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. A solid movie. That was one of my favorites of that year, of 2021. That was in my top 10. Uh, great movie. I think the the best, n- n- now that I've seen Aquaman 2, which I won't talk about, <laughs> um, because why bother? I, I'll, I'll quickly say Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Not as fun as it should be. Kind of a mess. I walked out about halfway through just to get some air because I was getting really bored. Then yeah, I, you were underwater. Th- <laughs> Thank you. Th- then I came back in and there was more Patrick Wilson in it. And I, I enjoyed myself for the last half. But still, not good. Um, I, I maintain that The Suicide Squad is the best DCEU movie. Um, even though I said earlier I really loved... Uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. I think the Suicide Squad is better. Uh, also saw Birds of Prey. 
solid movie. I don't love it, but it's really, really good. Uh, I rewatched Babylon. Margot Robbie, you're amazing. Babylon's still great. Uh, I rewatched Ferrari. I'm still right in the middle with that movie. I I, I want to love it, but it's a lot of it. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of it. Some stuff in there just makes me not like it, but I still think it's a solid Michael Mann movie. I think if you like Michael Mann, go watch Ferrari. But on my second watch, I'm still kind of in the middle with it. Um, what else did I see? Uh, going through, going through. I saw It's a Wonderful Life in a theater. Wow, what an experience. Love that movie. Classic. Uh, let's see. I saw Bell Book and Candle. Do you know anything about this, Siobhan? This is actually interesting. Never heard of it. I want to stop, stop here for a second. So Bell, Bell Book and Candle came out in 1958, same year as Vertigo, starring Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak, stars of Vertigo. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, so it's Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak in a romantic comedy where where uh, Novak plays a witch and puts a and puts a, a, a witchy hex on uh, Jimmy Stewart to make him fall in love with her. Uh, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a cool f- like uh, sometimes funny but like very I don't know very stylistic uh, late fifties comedy and very interesting that it was made the same year as Vertigo because it's kind of like the inverse of Vertigo where she is the one forcing him to be in love with her whereas Vertigo is the opposite uh, but yeah interesting I say I say I, 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 I barely heard of it before watching it for the first time and then I, when I watched it I'm like oh I'm a big fan so Bell Book and Candle go watch it including you Siobhan go see Bell Book and Candle no thanks uh, I saw The Thin Man the classic 1934 movie I liked it a lot the prequel to or the sequel to Thinner <laughs> yeah um, The Thin Man do you know anything about The Thin Man Siobhan uh, I've heard the name. Uh, I don't blame you. I, 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 this was my first time watching it. It's kind of, kind of, kind of came in here blind, but it's fun. It's fun for a '30s movie. It's funnier than you expect for a '30s movie. Um, I know it's considered a classic, but hey, give me a break. I just saw it, and there are apparently like, I don't know, like ten sequels starring the same stars. Um, and most of the sequels are supposed to be as good as the, as the first one, so I'll give it a shot. So, The Thin Man. Uh, speaking of Coens, I saw The Hudsucker Proxy in a theater. It's a solid Coen Brothers movie. Not my favorite, but I think it's fun. It's not as bleak as a lot of other Coen Brothers movies. Very funny and, and hopeful. Um, so, if, if you want some, some light, frothy... Coen Brothers movie? It, it, sorry, if you want a light, frothy Coen Brothers movie, Siobhan, just give Hudson like a proxy a shot. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, fantastic in it. Uh, I saw Eyes Wide Shut in a theater. What, what else What else needs to be said? It's a classic now. Love it. It's a classic. Love it. Classic Kubrick. Uh, if, if he didn't make all those classics uh, early in his career, th- this be his best movie. But right now, I think it ranks like number four or five because he has so many other classics. So Eyes Wide Shut, amazing. Uh, let's see. What what else should I talk about? I did see it a lot, so I'm skipping through some of these. Oh, okay. I'll talk about this because th- th- this is actually an awards contender. The Color Purple. The Color Purple. 
Oh boy. Uh, I had problems. Me purple. Uh, I had problems with this movie. It's the movie musical uh, that is based on the musical that was originally a movie that was originally a book. Uh, this is a, in my opinion, I'm going to try to say this nicely. Terribly directed movie with a solid cast. And I wish the whole thing was a lot better. I, I wish the songs were better. I wish the plot was better. Having seen the, the Spielberg movie that, that this is partly based on, uh, I'd say get a better director than who directed this, this movie musical. Uh, sure, you can't get Spielberg back, but get someone who can shoot these musical numbers uh, more than just pointing a camera at somebody and just shooting it flat. Like there's no real motion to a lot of these musical get, numbers. Get somebody who directed like a really good musical d- recently. Get somebody like whoever directed West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that guy has nothing going on. So get, get that guy to do it. <laughs> um, but for, for what it is, it, uh, it's, it's refreshing to see like an all black cast tell a black story um, but I wish it was just a, a, I, I wish it was just presented better. I, I think the fault in it lie in its presentation, the end. Uh, but I, I, I won't be mad if it gets nominated for a lot of the, the, the cast. Um, some of the production design is solid, but if it gets like direction and picture, I don't know. I, I, that, that, that's a little suspect because uh, I think it is lacking. Um, all right. That's the color purple. And I think I'm going to end it there. Um, Cause I think I touched on all I want to talk about. Oh, wait, no, I fucked up. Let's, let's slow down a tiny bit. Cause I will talk about one movie. I forgot to mention that I, sh- I think, I think deserves a spotlight. Anyone, but you, the movie, but what's wrong with me? No, hold on. The, 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 the title of the movie is anyone, but you directed by Will Gluck. Starring Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. It's a ra- okay. it's a rom com. Do you know? You for- oh, this is another movie you've watched. Yeah, I forgot to mention this. Uh, I, I want to give this a shout out. Uh, so I didn't know this is this this is based off a of a Shakespeare play. Is that is that is that crazy? It's 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 based I on. I don't know the, what the movie is, so no, it's not crazy <laughs> to me. Anything can be based on a Shakespeare play. <laughs> A lot of movies are. Did you know this podcast is based on a Shakespeare play? <laughs> so, do, do you know Will Gluck, first off? No, I don't know Will Gluck, Gluck, Gluck. Friends with Benefits, uh, Easy A, Peter F-W-B. Rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Easy yeah. A is great. Yeah. Uh, do you know Sidney Sweeney? Seems like those other two, you know, I might have taken a nosedive, but Easy A, good stuff. Sidney Sweeney, you know her from Euphoria, right? No. <laughs> Glenn Powell, you know him from Top Gun Maverick, right? Top Gun Maverick, yeah. yeah. Dude, the fucking airplanes. Oh, yes. Uh, so this is a good romantic comedy. That was it. Nice. Three out of okay. five stars. Yeah. That was it. I could use a good romantic comedy right now, I think. <laughs> uh, sure. Watch, watch this one down the line. Uh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, oh. I, I, I actually wasn't joking. I was like, maybe something light and frothy like that could could fill me up. But you're, you know, maybe you're right. 
uh, uh, I, I, you know what? I, I think, I, I think, I think you. Oh, you did. You, you, you commented on our Discord when I logged this on Letterbox. My review was, uh, this movie just had these two leads, uh, uh, fighting, flirting, and fucking, right? And that that's all I need from a movie like this. And you mentioned I should watch, uh, what was it? Sanctuary? Is that the name of it? Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I still need to see. So uh, you watch anyone but you, I'll watch Sanctuary. That's a good trade-off. <laughs> Hold on. I got to. I got to. Oh, and I forgot to mention this. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, in, our, in our watching segment previously. Oh, this is that movie. Okay. I know what this is. Well, Gluck, uh, we uh, we previously we did the movie uh, um, JFK for our best editing episode, yeah. and I had this Oliver Stone. Oh, that's uh, right, your your Stone homework. Yeah, I had this Oliver Stone bi- biopic uh, biopic box set here, um, and I uh, had been telling Marcelo, "Give me a movie from the, from this box set. I'll watch it for next week." Um, I ended up watching Platoon that way. Uh, Marcelo told me since we had two weeks off, I asked him for two movies and he gave me Nixon and wall street, the most boring do. choices. Yeah. And, uh, I did not watch them. <laughs> okay. So, uh, stone watch might be dead. Okay. We'll see. Uh, just, just keep us updated for next week. Stone watch 2024. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. Segment done. Now main segment. Let's talk about our feature presentation for the evening. Huh? Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Uh, Directed by Peter Veer, 2003. Three. Ah, yes. That's what I said. Uh, now, let, let's go back to what was said earlier. So th- this uh, we're, we're trading off episodes and picks. Uh, at least that's how it's, it, it's seemingly going. Uh, this was my pick, but Siobhan just pushed me to pick this in her own <laughs> sinister way. Uh, again, yes, she yes. was like, uh, oh, Peter Weir, cinematography Oscar. Also weird. Cause we, 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 covered a Peter Weir movie on our other show. Uh, I think we talked witness right for Southland tales. Uh, for how yeah, we did. And yeah. I, Peter Weir is somebody who I've just been coming to, he wasn't really on my radar at all until we did that. And suddenly I realized, Oh, he's done all these amazing movies. I should get up on this guy. And I, I want to continue to do that. And yeah. uh, that's why I wanted to do master and commander. You didn't know I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to, I want to watch this movie really bad. Yeah. So I, I, I always, it's, it's, it's a film Twitter favorite, you know, it comes it up every now and then. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, again, I was pushed into, into doing it, but I have no problem with mm-hmm. it now, having seen it, uh, spoiler alert, I, I enjoyed my rewatch of this. I have not seen this in, I'd say, maybe uh, m- more than 10 years at least. So, seeing it again, yeah, uh, a, a good watch. But let's go back. We always do this. Let's go back to the Oscars. Let's go back to the Oscars. The 76th Academy Awards presented... Uh, almost 20 years ago now, February 29th, 2004, awarding the films of 2003. 2004, hosted by Chris Rock. Uh, no. Guess again. Billy Crystal. Correct. Billy Crystal. Boom. Always an easy guess. 
<laughs> it's either it's either one of those two. Um, now, you know, let's see if you remember the answer to this because I, I asked you this uh, during our first attempt uh, when we, were, we tried to record early this week. Siobhan, can you guess the best picture winner of this year? No. You can't? Oh, Beautiful beautiful Mind? <laughs> you said the exact same thing. Are you, is this a bit? <laughs> Did you forget? No. no, it's not a bit. You said the exact uh, same thing. Oh, like okay. Oh, 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 um. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> It came to my mind for one second and left. Listeners, the exact same thing happened, and it's been three days. <laughs> uh, here, three days? Yeah, I think because yeah, we tried to record Monday. Now it's Wednesday. Oh, I guess two days. Well, um, yeah. All right. Here are the nominees for Best Picture. Seabiscuit. Mystic River. <laughs> Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Lost in Translation. And our winner. And our winner. Let's say it together. The, the Lord, uh, Lord of the Rings, the Re- Return, Return of, the, of King. the King. Yes, you got it. Yes. Okay. What a year for action epics. Yes. So, did we have a pirates movie that year too? No, it's too early. Uh, yeah, we had Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Damn, damn! What a year! Yeah. A year for ship movies and action movies overall. God damn! What an amazing year! Uh, so yes, uh, The Return of the King won a lot of Oscars. Uh, best Picture, oh, Best Director, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Did it not hold the record for a while? Uh, that one is always tricky. I, I think it. I think it's tied for the most wins. I think that's what its deal mm. is. Um, but one category it did not win in. And also, what was it wasn't even nominated in. That's insane. Was best That's, cinematography. Why? Why would it not get nominated? That's ridiculous. Uh, so let's let's look at the nominees for best cinematography. Again, we picked Master and Commander because it won best cinematography this year in two thousand three slash two thousand four. So l- let's look at the nominees. Here we go. Sea Biscuit. Oh, girl with a pearl earring. I haven't seen it. Cold Mountain. Okay. City of God. Don't know it. And our winner, Master and Commander. Now, okay. I, I know City of God I've seen, and that, that has been hailed as a fantastic movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do remember the cinematography in it being exceptional, or I was told it's exceptional. So, sure, I yes. I think we take Seabiscuit out of there. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, I mean, come on. We all love Seabiscuit. Like, it's not the worst movie in the world. It's just like, I don't know. But I, And like, yeah, it does have some striking visuals, but I just, I don't. But yeah, I, don't think it I it is, it is, I, uh, again, I didn't do much research as to why Lord of the Rings did not get cinematography. You know, I, that. Uh, I'm sure there's some deep lore about that. Yeah, but we're not going to get into it. Um, he did receive. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe here's the answer. I did a quick search. So, uh, uh, Andrew uh, Lesney, the cinematographer for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, he did win Best Cinematography for Fellowship of the Ring. So, he had won already. 
and he oh, weird. He did all three, so maybe the academy was like they're just like, hey, fuck it, you already got you yours. You got yours. Fuck off, we're not, buddy. We're, Get the hell out. You of don't here. even exist this year. Get out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although, come on, that movie. You know, sure, we're not going to talk about Return of the King or Lord of the Rings. All right, so we're going to move on. We're going to talk about our feature presentation. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, winner of Best Cinematography. I think worthy. I think certainly worthy. This is a beautiful looking movie. Yeah. Uh, in, in all ways. Let's dig into in it. In the close-ups, in the in the insides of the ships, on the on the the the, the stunning vistas, uh the 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 scary uh fog. Uh hey. Yeah. I, I wrote that. Uh here are all my notes for Master Commander Far Side of the World. Here's what I wrote down. The scary fog. Good ship battle. Foggy. Great score. Galapagos. CG. Beautiful practical. The end. So, yeah. This is a great movie. Okay? My, my, my notes aside. Uh, you. This is your first time seeing it, Siobhan. Like I said before, I haven't seen this in over 10 years. Your thoughts. Master Commander. Go. <laughs> Previously discussed, this happened very, very shortly after uh, something bad happened to me, and I wasn't in a great headspace, and I kind of just flipped the movie on, like, fuck it, I know I gotta watch this, let's fucking watch this. Look, I, I, this one, I fully saw everything in it. I did not get to 100% appreciate it, um, but, like, I saw everything in it about its greatness. Uh, I think it totally deserves its reputation. It is <clears throat> just an absolutely excellent movie. App, fucking beautiful, thrilling, uh, funny, scary at times. Uh, like, it's really, it really has a little bit of everything. And, like, it, uh, Russell Crowe's performance, fantastic. One of his best. Uh, it just, uh, a great, great character work too. Surprisingly, surprisingly great character work and the cinematography just fucking beautiful. These, and these action scenes are like, they hit hard. They're so well directed. Yeah, every, everything about it is just exceptional. I think, uh, this is a great movie. I would love, 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 love to revisit it, uh, later down the line. Um, it might have been earlier last year. It might have been, uh, the previous year. I'm not sure. Um, I was watching this film. I was going to like, finally going to watch it. And we watched the first like 10 minutes and I was glued to it. I was absolutely gripped. And then, uh, I was watching it with my mother. She watched, she, uh, just, I think we had some other stuff going on and, uh, we ended up having to turn it off and I was, uh, crushed and I never got back to it until now. And, uh, I wish I had just finished watching it back then, <laughs> but it's okay because like I, this is a movie I could watch again. Absolutely. Um, this it's, it's phenomenal. I think I'm glad you forced me to watch this Siobhan. Um, yeah, I'm glad you picked it. Yeah. I'm glad I picked it. I'm glad this is my pick. Can't wait for your pick next week. Um, I know I, I'll say this. So all of the, um, like, yes, we, we, we mentioned this earlier, earlier in the show that this is a film Twitter favorite. Uh, everybody loves this movie online. Uh, I'm so many memes, memes that are kind of obscure about this movie. They, 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 they pop off. Yeah. Uh, I notice. I mean, I forget why, but there are a lot of people sharing the opening title 
Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Where it says uh, the uh, uh, the seas are now battlefields or whatever. Uh, I, I've seen that a Great lot. Font choices. Yes, uh, I mean that that should won an award for best font at the best Oscars. Font. Yeah, yeah. Why is that not a category? Come on. You know what? Let's uh, start campaigning for that before uh, before best before stunts or casting <laughs> best font. <laughs> and uh, you know, to be honest, I was like. <clears throat> kind of over this movie before having rewatched it. Cause I'm like, how good can it be? You know, I, I saw it once and thought it was good. You know, I, I didn't love it the first time I saw it. So I came in with that, came in with that sort of like, how, how good can it be? Everybody loves it. You know, it's probably overpraised, but no, but halfway through, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. This is, this is a good shit movie. Yeah. This is a good, uh, like you said, it's it's uh, has some solid performances from Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany, uh, the entire cast as amazing ensemble. Uh, and I, my 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 favorite moment in the movie, or my favorite sequence, like when it like hit me that I'm watching a great movie was, and we're gonna get into the plot here. I guess we'll just jump in for anybody who hasn't seen it, go see it, or you've probably seen it already. These Brits, right? They're they're fighting Napoleon. Uh, and and Russell Crowe is the the is 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 the uh, captain of this of this ship, of this frigate HMS Surprise. Uh, they're ordered to intercept the uh, frigate's uh, Acheron, uh, yeah, Acheron, uh, a French uh, uh, a naval ship. So uh, the, the, these two ships are at odds. And that, that that's it. That's the, that's the plot from beginning to end. Like uh, a, an English ship versus a French ship. And you just uh, follow Crow and his crew. And Crow is obsessed, of course, with uh, overtaking the French ship. He's uh, he, he wants to, you know, destroy this French ship at, at, at all costs for England. Uh, but, you know, halfway through the movie when Paul Bettany gets injured... Uh, he he realizes he, he's got to take care of the crew. He's got to take care of his friends. So they stop at the Galapagos Islands just to take a breather uh, because they've been battling so much. They've been out sea so much. They've lost people. So Russell Crowe just goes, I gotta, you know, let's let's take some time off. Let's relax. So that time where, the, where, where they're at the Galapagos Islands where they're just relaxing on the beach where they're just walking along and like uh, 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 doing research, collecting animals for science, because they because uh, Paul Bettany is is a doctor, and he's also like a uh, a naturalist. He wants to you know uh, uh, take notes on all these animals at the Galapagos. All of that, I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> it went from a shit movie with like some amazing action, uh, uh, you know, uh, edge of your seat thrills. To just let's just take a break <laughs> and look at nature, and I it's 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 such an important like shift because it, it it's a character shift, and this could have been just a you know uh, just a balls out action movie, but the fact that it takes a break for its characters I think is is what makes it like above and uh, above all else like a great uh, character piece so. Yeah, and then from there, of course, they go back on the seas, uh, and they finally f- come face to face with with the French ship, and you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, midway point when they stop and they relax and they just and they just take in the sights. It's like that's when I thought, yeah, amazing movie. 
Uh, and then I'll say before I pass it on to you, Siobhan, because I've talked too much. Uh, when they're at, when they're on the Galapagos Islands is when you really see that cinematography just shine. That direction by Peter Weir. Uh, Russell Boyd is the cinematographer who won uh, the Oscar for this. All that stuff on the Galapagos looks amazing. You could tell some of it CGI, sure, but you could tell some of it was actually shot, uh, you know, on the island. It looks practical, and it looks amazing. So yeah, there you go. Master Commander, Far Side of the World, Siobhan. Master, they mas- uh, they 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 <laughs> commanded this one to mastery. Absolutely. Uh, what I know I've talked a lot, Siobhan, but what else can we say about this? What, what, what is it about shit movies that are so fun? There's, uh, there's, uh, I think we all, there's something primal in us about exploration, uh, getting to get out there and see, ex- uh, experience things that we could never experience. Um, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a far gone time. This shit doesn't happen anymore. Uh, it's all regulated with cargo ships and uh, jet skis, and and so like you're never. This is just I don't know I don't know I, I think it I think it I think it does speak to something primal within us. It's both of our things. We both love it. And uh, Master and Commander Peter Weir, you did just a god damn god fine job. Damn here. it, mastery of the craft. Uh, by the way, Peter Weir still alive. He's seventy nine. Uh, but still directing. As I was gonna say, as far as I know, he is retired. Yeah, fair enough. Live your life. Yeah, uh, he said. Uh, I I forget where I read it, but he ba- he, uh, he was interviewed, and he said, "Yeah, I'm basically I don't done. Fucking do this shit anymore." Yeah. Uh, here uh, uh, here's a quote from Ethan Hawke. Uh, Ethan Hawke said, I think Weir lost interest in movies. He really enjoyed the work when he didn't have actors giving him a hard time. <laughs> and here, here's something interesting that I did not realize uh, we we're going to bring up. Okay. Uh, he goes, uh, Ethan Hawke says, Russell Crowe and Johnny Depp broke him. Oh. Yeah, so that sucks. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. You know what? I mean, okay. Neither of those names necessarily surprise me. What, what, what was the Johnny Depp movie? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. So let's go through <laughs> Peter Weir's. That's amazing, amazing that, that Ethan Hawke is willing to go on that type of record about that. Well, I, I think I think it's easy to say that about Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe has had uh, uh, that history, well known, where he's an asshole to people, but has since like reformed. Uh, Crow has. I, th- I think Crow is very upfront about him being a better person now than he was years ago. Yeah, he's he's best friends with Taika Waititi now. <laughs> Johnny Depp, on the other hand, I I I think Ethan Hawke is free to say whatever he wants about Johnny Depp because he's it's open season on him, rightfully so. Johnny Depp. Uh, I don't know the Johnny Depp movie Peter Weir's in. I will just do a quick Google search. But I guess it makes sense. It's 2003. It's Russell Crowe in 2003. It, it, I'm sure he was full asshole uh, at that moment. And it's probably why we didn't get a sequel. Maybe that's a big reason why. Uh, th- th- this is a big movie where people say, why why not a sequel? It, it didn't make enough money at the box office, mm. apparently. And also, it's just, it's just hard to make shit movies nowadays. Um, I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I would want one. <clears throat> Because like, 
I mean, I, I mean, sure. If it's if it came out and it's, it's as great as this, I would not complain. But like, I just I think that ending is just so it's it's so like it's nice. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a it's a weird kind of ending that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, it it, it leaves things open ended. Um, but you're kind of okay with it. You're, it that, that's sort of the point of the movie is yeah, that satisfying. Yeah. It, it's satisfying in that the, these characters are just doing what they do. It's like Russell Crowe is made to be a captain on a ship and he awards himself a little break time. But then when things need to get done, he goes, all right, fuck it. Here we go again. Oh, uh, here's the answer to the Johnny Depp uh, question. So it says mm-hmm. here, uh, Weir had developed several projects in the 2000s that never came to fruition, um, including he was going to make a movie with Tom Cruise, never happened, and oh, a movie and a movie called Shantaran uh, Shantaram, starring Johnny Depp. So it was a proposed Johnny Depp uh, production that I think Ethan Hawke was talking about. So the mere fact of trying to make a movie with Johnny Depp broke Peter Weir. The end. Um, so there you go. Uh, Peter Weir is retired, but what a hell of a filmography. He's been nominated for Best Director, but he's never won a Best Director Oscar. It looks like he got no. one last year in 2022. So he, he got one uh, at the 2023 ceremony. That's that's awesome that like we don't know that. Like, that's, like, <laughs> show that shit off in the fucking award show. Yeah, that's right. No, you know, I thought you're, I thought you're making a joke about how bad we are at hosting an Oscar show. But no, you're right. No, I'm, I'm I'm shitting on the Academy. Yeah, you're right. We we, we should know that that they, they should have shown that entire presentation on on the telecast. But no, uh, it was Jeff Bridges who presented Peter Weir the honorary Oscar. It says here Peter Jeff Weir Bridges. won an Oscar for, in quotes, a fearless and consummate, for being a fearless and consummate filmmaker who has illuminated the human experience with his unique and expansive body of work. Marcelo. I do hate to do this. Yeah. I think I have some breaking news. Yeah, breaking news? What is it? Wow. Uh, this, this is big. This is big for me. And Marcelo, by virtue of it being big for me, it has become big for you. Uh-oh. Not that it... But it was it, it, it was... it was a part of you beforehand. But I think it's become bigger because of me. Well, what's going maybe, on? May, maybe, maybe that's unfair to say. Seth Lantale's, uh 2 just announced... Southland Tales 2 just announced. Marcelo, if that happened, I would be fucking throwing a parade. <laughs> that that would be... Th- that That is the one thing that could happen right now to make me forget all of my troubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. So, I'm seeing a tweet here sent out yesterday. Oh. From one Kevin Smith. Oh my god. We are celebrating this year the 30th anniversary of Clerks. Wow. And which also means, according to him, that means we're also celebrating the 30th birthday of Jay and Silent Bob as characters. Whoa. And so to commemorate this birthday, as a present to all of us, really, we have a new Jay and Silent Bob movie in development. So, wait, we're getting a Kevin Smith, James on the Bob movie? Is that what's happening? 
2023, we have confirmed. Last by year, Kevin Smith himself in a tweet, and uh, he also sent it out as a newsletter to his fans. Uh, he, we are getting a brand new uh, third installment in the Jay and Silent Bob trilogy. Uh, <laughs> it, if it's wait. anything like Clerks Three, do, do, do you think uh, Jay is going to get shot or something? <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's bringing these characters back just to kill one of them? <laughs> First scene, uh, uh, Silent Bob pulls out a gun, puts it in his mouth. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what, what, does it say when it's coming out, or it's just going to be in production? Uh, yeah, I think I think he was just announcing the production. But okay, also, he was right. like, since this is the 30th anniversary, uh, I'm announcing this. And that makes me think, like, man, w- with how lazy this man has been with his films, like, I would not be surprised if he, like gets this done in six months and releases it yeah you know what i mean it's out it's out now uh check check your smod cast streaming service <laughs> right uh yeah. well, whatever happened to his, to his nfts remember he was doing that he was making he an was nft doing movie that. he made kilroy was here the film i don't know what is up with it i don't know if maybe it got leaked online I, I i don't know and then there was also supposed to be he had committed to making Kilroy was two. Uh, Kilroy was here too, and it was going to be partially like co-made with uh, people that had purchased the NFT of Kilroy was here, and then made like fan art of it or something Jesus like that. And, like Christ. the people that made the best fan art or like fan films or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. Well. Uh, thanks for that update, Siobhan. And I, I hope the listeners didn't notice a six-hour time difference in <clears throat> that in that mid conversation because we stopped for for six hours. I watched the movie. Uh, you, 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 you did your thing for six hours. Um, then we came back and started talking again about Kevin Smith. I hope nobody noticed that transition. Um, uh, because. I <clears throat> But to be, to be I, honest, I, to be honest, I okay. do sound worse than than seconds ago because <laughs> I, I think, think I, I think I'm a little congested. Uh, yeah, maybe saying. fair yeah. enough. But I mean, I, I hope that people do notice this transition. Oh, oh. hit them with it. Uh, do you know who uses transitions? Cinematographers, presumably. Oh. Uh, when it comes, well, no, that wouldn't do the editors. Oh no, yeah, you're right. The, the editors do that. You're right. Um, well, well. How about this? Cinematographers how, how, oh, use. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, go ahead. I go saw. Ahead. Okay, I saw the movie um, um, Extraction Two this year, and there was this fucking kick-ass goddamn car chase uh, where um, the camera uh, was actually following most of the chase. Like most of the chase really is a wonder, and they like like transition the car for, or the, the camera from like the outside of the car into the car seamlessly by having a guy in the back seat. Oh, like, and um, then they move the camera back outside. Like it's fucking awesome. Like, like, like the raid two, right? Like the raid two. Yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that way, uh, a cinematographer, uh, uh, transitions the holding of a camera from one camera person to another, like this segment where, we go from Kevin Smith to our favorite cinematography of the year. Yes. In the year 2023. 
That's it. Okay. How do we do this? One of us goes first. We've we've both put together our top five favorites of the year. This is this is not this is not our guesses for or anything. No. This is our personal favorites of the year. Yeah, uh, some of these picks I'm sure won't get nominated. I'm looking at my list. My number one will not get nominated. I'm betting a hundred dollars it won't. Uh, one of mine has the tiniest chance, but it won't. <clears throat> Uh, I forget who went first last episode. So, do I flip a coin? I've got a coin <laughs> flip here. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Okay. Got a coin. Yes. He- heads or tails? Uh, tails. Okay. Uh, tails, you win. So you uh, yeah. you get to call. You want to go first or, or second? I want to go. I want to go first. All right. Go ahead, Siobhan. You've got the floor. My my number five. It's a movie I brought up previously. <clears throat> um, and I think this might be the last time I bring it up. May, may, oh. Maybe, no, no. I think this is the last time I bring it up. Oh, but it's uh, it's the Outwaters. Oh, and I, I, I I'm just gonna say it now. Skinnerbrink is not on my list. Oh, um, and I had a tough time choosing between the two. I think both of them fulfill a similar purpose, uh, just in different ways. I chose the Outwaters because. <clears throat> I've never seen a found footage film shot like this. Most found footage films are either like straight documentary style um, or they are uh, shot in a way that kind of you have to have some suspension of disbelief as to why the characters are filming the things they are filming, you know, like with perfect vision of the horrifying things that are about to murder them. The Outwaters doesn't do that. So the first hour of the Outwaters, it, uh, the the basic plot is it's about these four people who uh, one of them's like a indie indie pop star, I think. Um, she wants to, uh, they're going out into the desert to the Nevada desert to film uh, a music video. Um, uh, but the first hour of the film, it's kind of just setting up uh, the character. setting things up what they do with the camera is really interesting even in even in just the setup of the of where no horror is happening where like the camera kind of just is there as they are doing things it's not focused on any of the characters necessarily it's sometimes like the camera just accidentally gets turned on and you hear, you hear like half a conversation, uh, that's out of focus until you, until the character realizes that the camera's on and turns it off and it just completely cuts off like that. Like there are just things like that where like the camera kind of doesn't matter to the characters. They're not trying to really film anything interesting until I get out into the desert and they're doing their uh, music video. And then they're trying to get, they're getting these beautiful shots of uh, the lady walking through the desert and her flowing dress and blah, blah, blah. And then the horror starts to happen. Uh, they, they all go to bed one night and uh, wake up. Uh, and one of them wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears noises and uh, he sees um, a, uh, a silhouette of what looks to be a man with an axe. And 
then the movie kind of just continues from there. It's the middle of the night. They get a uh, the guy, the main guy, Robbie. He grabs a flashlight. It's the director of the movie, by the way, and he's the main character. He uh, grabs a flashlight, um, and he's running through dark desert, uh, trying to like find his friends. Uh, but the way the movie is filmed, he, uh, with the flashlight, you are seeing just a tiny pinhole of light and you are never given like a full satisfying image of anything that is happening. Nothing, nothing about this final hour makes sense to you. And that is because of the way it is filmed. Like the, just like Skinnerbrink, this film wants to disorient and confuse and do that to scare you, to unnerve you. Just like Skinnerbrink, like I want to say the movie Skinnerbrink, it hates you. It does not want you to have a good experience. And The Outwaters achieves that through its cinematography and its lack of answers. Um, so I'm saying The Outwaters. That's your number five. Number five. A movie I've yet to I see. Talk, I talked a lot about that. I think I'm going to talk a lot less about the rest of these. Okay. Which is which feels weird, but uh, my number four is leave the world behind Netflix original. Yeah. Uh, uh, produced by Barack Obama. Yeah. Former president um, Barack Obama and his higher ground production company. Uh, that's right. Uh, this is uh, by the director, uh, the director, uh, the by director, Sam Esmail, uh, the creator of Mr. Robot. And I think Mr. Robot is one of the most beautifully shot things ever made. Uh, creatively shot things ever made TV or no. And I think he brings a lot of those, of that visual of that, that distinct visual style from Mr. Robot to, uh, to film in a way that is evolved like and changed to work better for film than for TV. And uh, I think he does that very successfully, but he also uses a lot of his same visual flourishes. There's a lot of like really great drone shots. There's a lot of uh, partially with CG, probably entirely with CG, really. But like, you know, like how the, the camera will pass through floors moving up and like you see the rats in the floorboards or whatever and as the camera's moving up through the house. And uh, it, it's just full of, like, really nice visual flourishes like that. Um, I think the color coloration of the film is uh, very uh, nicely handled. And I think uh, just like the film's main focus isn't necessarily what is happening to the world, it's more about the characters. Um, that also comes through in the cinematography, where, like, it, it, it pretty... Glo uh, lovingly lingers on its characters. Uh, leave the world behind. Number four. You have to see this uh, too. And like I said earlier, I don't have access don't to have Netflix, Netflix. So fuck Netflix. Fuck Netflix. Okay. My number three. Uh, I was surprised by myself that I chose this. You know, I had to do it to him. I, I, I can't, I yeah. cannot, I cannot deny a craftsman at the top of his game, such as Wes Anderson in Asteroid City. Yes. Just a stupidly gorgeous movie. Perfect framing. Everything is set up 
to be in the exact place it needs to be at the exact time it needs to be there. Everything is just like, he gets criticized for this. I don't know why he gets criticized for this, but everything just feels like a nice, nicely set dollhouse. Like it all, it's, it's all kind of surreal in a way. And <clears throat> that's all well and good for the colored segments. But then we also, when the film reveals itself more and we get the, behind the scenes look at it. Um, I think the camera does change, uh, in a few ways. We see, uh, things from a new perspective. And I think, <clears throat> I think the way that the, those scenes are captured, uh, feels different, feels distinct. I'm thinking particularly, uh, the, the scene between Jason Schwartzman and Margot Robbie, uh, absolutely gorgeous like nothing else in the film and uh yeah I, I i i just can't deny it it's it's uh just a beautiful looking film uh and uh freight train freight train go so fast go so fast so that's my number three asteroid city uh my number two marcello uh-oh here we go i can feel something sorry. something's gonna happen i'm so sorry to say this what's happening what's happening we've talked about this for so many hours oh already oh no we're doing you already it you know what it is of course the holdovers you love it <laughs> it's it's saw x oh saw x yeah brilliant this series has always had brilliant use of color it looks uh, visually distinct from all of the rest of the series, while still, uh, while still, I think, looking enough like a Saw movie to pass itself off. It's not like we're, it's not like we're, uh, it, we, it's like we're evolving rather than rather than uh, pushing everything away. Uh, beautiful, gorgeous shots of uh, Mexico, uh, really striking locations. There are many categories where I think Saw X should be considered, where it's uh, not at all. But I don't know. I think cinematography, I think score, I think uh, actor. But 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 just uh, still, the cinematography is like I think it's really special. And again, playing with color, the the like the the scene where they kidnap Cecilia, and like the film looks like very giallo for just that five minute scene and then we go back to we get to the torture room and suddenly this feels like a saw movie we're shooting things like a saw movie um and they do very creative things within uh uh within like we're making a saw movie within that segment like uh when uh the character gets killed by the the mayan uh face trap and the and like the camera zooms out and the light goes out on that character and we never see him again um even though he is in the same room as everybody like it's just uh they do creative things they do they really do and like it's just a, a very enjoyable film to look at so x i'm i'm glad you picked this because i'm going to be honest i almost put this in my honorable mentions mm-hmm. But I had to cut down my honorable mentions. I had too many honorable mentions, uh, so Saw X had to go. But I'm glad fair. you glad you called it out. Uh, you're, you're nothing if not fair. Uh, and my number one, um, it is Paul Schrader's The Master Gardener, or just Master Gardener. If you've seen First Reformed, um, and particularly if you have seen Card Counter, you kind of know what to expect. But that is not to say 
anything negative. <laughs> like these are gorgeously shot films, gorgeously framed, every frame a painting. There's this dream sequence that happens that is just unreal. I really don't know how they filmed it. Uh, there, uh, there are so many striking shots that are just like uh, Joel Edgerton sitting down in front of a house and, but like looking at it, it is just like the most beautiful picture you've ever seen. Um, and that's just like a, a feeling that I kept getting throughout this film was just like, I want to take a screenshot of this and, uh, hang it on my wall. So that's the Master Gardener. Marcel, I know you have not seen this film, so I won't go to you. I'm just going to move to my honorable mentions. I do actually have a few this week. I wanted to say Skinner Marink, uh, Out of Focus, Disorienting, The Upside Down Shit is Weird, Pulling Off the Disappearing Doors Stuff. The, 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 what the film chooses to focus on is fascinating, and it, it, it is why the movie works. Uh, Knock at the Cabin. Uh, M night films always look very striking and uh, knock the cabin is no exception. I would say that was, that's probably my number six. I really struggled with not putting that one in there. And I'm going to also say I've got, a, I've got three listed here. I'm only going to say one to punish myself. I'm going to say St. Omer, uh, the, the way that this film lingers on its characters for so long and, uh, portrays, uh, films them without, uh, this is hard to describe, but like it films the characters without any judgment, um, without the camera ever trying to trick you uh, to sway your emotions in any way. And that's something I greatly uh, admired about it. Um, the, this film is something that like really wants you to uh, make your own judgments, your own interpretations, um, come to your own conclusions. And the camera is so... Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it, it's so diligent in uh, in the way that it uh, forces you to do that. Saint Omer. Uh, if anybody's jumping into this episode, do not come at us saying Saint Omer is a movie from last year. Sure. Uh, well, it, it is from last year, twenty twenty three. Oh, there we go. Boom. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Whatever. Go, go, go. Screw. Not you, Siobhan. I'm just saying people listening. All right. Uh, honorable mentions. I'll do those first uh, since we're talking honorable mentions. I, I'll i just say Saw X, sure. It's 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 on my honorable mentions. Um, also, I say Skin Marink is on my honorable mentions. Uh, uh, creating this old-school analog vibe does it well. I also say Asteroid City, honorable mention. Uh, uh, Robert Yellman, uh, once again, beautiful looking movie, beautiful looking Wes Anderson movie. Uh, I love that co- collaboration between Wes Anderson and Robert Yellman. Um, and then going to movies that, that have not been mentioned, uh, Eileen by, uh, uh, DP'd by Ari Wegner. I like these movies that are set. Uh, like in, I think this this one's set in like the fifties, and from beginning to end, with the titles and the way it's shot, and uh, I actually don't know. I should have looked this up, but screw it. I, it, it. I I think it's shot on a film, but if it's not shot on a film, 
if it's if it's shot digitally, it looks like it's shot on film. It looks like a fifties movie. I, I, it gets points. It gets points there. It also looks very ugly uh, because the the subject matter is ugly, uh, which I appreciate. So Eileen, honorable mention. Oppenheimer, of course. Got to talk about Oppenheimer. It's my honorable mention. It's not my top five. It, uh, a lot can be said about the cinematography. It might even win best cinematography at the Oscars. Not in my top five. It's still solid. The black and white stuff, uh, uh, really striking. And uh, hey, the, the 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 visual effects, the moments where we see inside Oppenheimer's brain, shot really well. It looks gorgeous. Uh, showing up. That's a honorable mention. Uh, I I mentioned this earlier in the show. Uh, it's 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 a it's an indie darling, but also it's the look of it. I do love. Again, it's one of those where I don't know if it's digital or film, but it looks like film. It's it the, the grain I appreciate. The 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 sort of uh, washed out look some of the film has. Film the movie has. Uh, love it. And my final honorable mention, Poor Things. Hey, Siobhan, you don't, don't you love these fisheye lens that... Uh, no. You're going to hate Poor Things. Like, every other shot is a fisheye lens shot. Uh, it's... It, it, sure, it's... Sometimes it's, it's not pleasing to look at. But I think because the movie's so unusual, I think it fits. Um, so yeah, Robbie Ryan is a cinematographer for poor things. Good job, Robbie. Keep, keep using those fisheye lenses. All right. My top five, number five, the, the movie people on film Twitter are kicking to shit. Saltburn. Mm. Uh, uh, DP by when he fucked that grave. <laughs> did you see, did, you didn't see this movie yet? Did you No, but it is, it is available like on, uh, Paramount or Peacock, it's one of those. Uh, I, Amazon. Watch it soon. Amazon, sorry. Yeah, uh, because uh, Saltburn is an MGM film and Amazon bought MGM, mm. so that's depressing. Uh, Saltburn, DP'd by uh, Linus uh, Sandgren. Uh, I believe uh, they did uh, La La Land, which I love. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, story aside, whatever. You think, if you think it's shit, I don't care. I think it looks gorgeous. Uh, the fact that it's it's set in a giant mansion with all these rich people. Uh, 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 it it presents it a beautiful uh, it presents this 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 whole it's like horribly dark comedic story uh, beautifully. There are shots like in the mansion inside this this castle with like light shining through. Like each shot is gorgeous. So I think the movie looks amazing. Script aside, uh, that's my number five. My number four, May December, Christopher Blauvelt as uh, the TP. I've been saying this a lot in this in this, in this, in this uh, you know uh, cinematography thing. Is, is it shot in a film? I don't know. Uh, again, I should have looked this up before talking about this, but I appreciate. I guess I guess that's just me nowadays. Uh, I'm sick to death of the digital look of the Netflix pastiche. Um, and May December is a Netflix movie, but it does not look like a Netflix movie. I think it tries its best. Uh, if it's shot digitally, it tries its best to not look like that. And I think the fact that um, it tells a story about 
this uh, uh, tabloid controversy uh, from the 90s uh, in modern day, um, you, you, you do get that retro sense with the movie, even though it's, yeah, it's set in modern day. Or oh, I'm actually not sure when it's set off the top of my head. I'm assuming it's set in modern day, but it could be earlier than, than 2023. Anyway, it just feels old school for a movie made in 2023. Uh, May, December. And then my number... What was that? Four? Well, yeah, number three. Hey, speaking of digital, I know for sure this is digital. 100%. There's no way it's not digital. It's The Killer. It's David Fincher's I The Killer. I thought this would be on your list. Yeah, of course it's on my list. <laughs> and it list. was one of my three that I was choosing between. Yeah. Uh, speaking of names I cannot pronounce, Eric Messerschmidt. Oscar winner... Uh, for Mank, he won the Oscar for Mank as the cinematographer. He's also the cinematographer for Ferrari. Um, I mean, the film still looks good, but it, it's not as great as uh, The Killer because I think the collaboration between Fincher, who is one of the best directors, and uh, uh, Mezra Schmidt, uh, those two working here, and also I think Mank looks great too. Like, and also they worked on uh, Mindhunter. Uh, uh, the 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 Netflix TV show. That's where uh, uh, Mezra Schmidt uh, started working with Fincher, and the Fincher was like, "Hey, you just a good work. Let's let's shoot some films together." Uh, whenever they work together, it looks great. So The Killer, also a great looking film. Uh, sure, it's it does look like a digital film, but all, there are only a few directors who I think makes a digital film look great and. Uh, Fincher is one. Uh, it's cold. It's stark. It's bleak. It's steely. I like that adverb uh, or adjective. Uh, I like the adjective. It's a steely movie, but it's it's, uh, it's a good looking movie. So that's the killer. My number two. It's a tie. Oh come on! But it's the same cinematographer. I well, got. Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Is this also? So are you saying your number two is two movies, or is this like? one and two here as a tie no i I, i'm i'm being uh cheeky i'm saying my number two is two movies oh uh, okay uh because i i'm i'm a cheater uh my number two is the rebel moons (sighs) hey there's a moon it's killers of the flower moon and barbie both (laughs) both shot by rodrigo pareto Damn, really? Yeah, same cinematographer. Shot both of them. Good for him. Uh, I mean, really, if I have to pick one, I'll go Killers of the Flower Moon. It's it's that is immensely beautiful. Like it, it uh, for its subject matter, from beginning to end, those like three plus hours, like every shot is gorgeous. It's it's incredible work. And 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 Pareto, I think, has done. Uh, Scorsese's last few movies. I think he did. I think he did The Irishman and Silence. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up real quick. But really, my number two, it's Killers of the Flower Moon. Really, and then a bonus is Barbie because the fact that he also shot Barbie, uh, and that looks so like it, it's 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 like the best looking comedy movie, uh, best looking comedy movie mm-hmm. of the last like whatever many years. Yeah, and that movie doesn't owe its uh, toyeticness just to production design or everything. It, 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 the camera plays with it too. Like the camera, 
like whatever lenses they used and, and the lighting and shit like that, like that adds so much to everything looking so plastic and toy like. Yeah. And, and, and sure, I've heard complaints about people saying, oh, the movie looks amazing uh, when they're in Barbie Land, but then it goes to r- the real world, it looks bad. No shit, the real world yeah. is terrible. What are you fucking <laughs> The fuck are you oh, talking God. about? <laughs> of course, Barbie Land's supposed to look gorgeous. you think gorgeous. they didn't think of that? <laughs> uh, I, I hate that criticism. Um, but oh, yeah, uh, I confirmed just now, The Irishman, Silence, also Rodrigo Pareto. Wolf of Wall Street he shot, Argo he shot. This guy is amazing. So he's he's versatile. Uh, and he has zero Oscars, for God's sakes. Give him an Oscar. He was nominated for Brokeback Mountain, Silence, and The Irishman. Has not won yet. He better win this year, I swear to God. Hey, step back. Hoyt Van Hoytema. Pretty sure you don't have an Oscar either, but I, I want uh, Pareto to win first. Hoyt, uh, you should have got your Oscar for Dunkirk, all right? And I'm saying that to you now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it says here uh, 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 Van Hoytema was nominated once for Dunkirk. Has not won yet. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'll say it again. Pareto should win first. All right. My number one, I'll quickly mention this and move on because I'm going to talk about it for the rest of this season. <laughs> Siobhan, you already know. I think it's very obvious. Let's say it together. My number one is Magic Mike's Last Dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I I had to rewatch some of this uh, earlier just to make sure. Yeah. My favorite director uh, is also my favorite cinematographer working today. Uh, uh, Steven Soderbergh uh, likes to shoot his own movies. He likes to cut his own movies. Uh, so of course I have to say, uh, yeah, it's, it's the best looking movie uh, I saw last year, uh, in my opinion, uh, because I'm in the back for Soderbergh. Uh, yeah, and if you're confused and saying, hey, wait a second, didn't Peter Andrews? Uh, 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 wasn't he the DP? No, you stupid fucking moron. That's uh, Steven Soderbergh's pseudonym. <laughs> Go to hell. Yeah. yeah, who would fall for that? <laughs> Nobody. All right, those were our favorites, right? I think we, I think we, I think we, we did it. Those were our favorites. Now, there's no other. You know, nobody's going to chime in and say I have a favorite too. Uh, this, this is this is our show, Shavad. It's me and Shavad. What? You're wrong. No. Because if you'll remember your plug from earlier, oh, uh, you had me plug the talkfilmsociety.com slash discord uh yeah we actually I, I i went into the talk awards channel what and i actually asked the people the lovely lovely people that we have in this discord and we would love if any more people joined any of you i'm sure you're all lovely film nerds um uh, please come talk about film with us. We, I personally asked you did. for people to provide me, provide us with their favorite picks for uh, cinematography for the year. Um, and we're going to read all of those off right now. 
Because it, it, it often gives us a chance to hit some things we didn't hit before. Exactly. We're not perfect. Uh, 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 no, we're terrible. <laughs> In many ways, we're terrible people. We, we are not fully formed human beings. Absolutely. Um, Me especially. I'm running on fumes. Yes. So let's try to get through this as po- fast as possible to, to, to just uh, help Marcelo uh, die before he passes away. <laughs> Um, so our first response comes from <clears throat> Chelsea Nico. She tells us poor things was her first thing. Uh, we're split up a bit here. Uh, poor things. Dude only used four lenses to mix and match Oppenheimer because duh and Barbie and Saltburn. Love, love these so, responses. Uh, and and I, I think Chelsea's great. I've met Chelsea in person a few times now in my life. Uh, shout out to Chelsea. Okay, yeah, shout out to Chelsea. But Marcelo, you keep telling me about this fisheye lens. What, 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 what? He's got three other lenses now? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fisheye lens that makes it look like a, like a fish bowl. Then He's got a fisheye lens that makes it look like... Uh, a bigger fishbowl that he has a fish eye lens that makes it like a bigger fishbowl. This no. is not for me. I'm not into this guy. No, wait. Let's 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 pause here and say, for people who don't know, you saw the favorites. You weren't a fan of the fish eye stuff in the favorite. But why exactly? Can you pinpoint why that is? I'm not. I'm not coming at you. I'm just curious. Like, why does that turn you off? It didn't look good to me. Like, uh, I I I hate to say this to you, Marcelo, but like. I off there are a few Soderbergh movies that kind of have this uh, piss yellow tint to them. Okay, and I would say that uh, the favorite also had that, where everything's really drab, and also being shot in this um, way that is, if you, if you're exposed to too much of it, it can be a bad thing. Those two things coming together. Just mm, 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 mm. and like, right, like I understand it. Like I kind of get it uh, for the way that film is. It's just uh, hard for me to watch, and I I didn't like seeing it. So That's our fair. next, yes, uh, and and you got an extra vote for Saltburn. Um, so our next choice, our next choice to talk about is um, it, it comes from friend of the site, Sam shot first, yeah. Um, now, once again, I have to remind people, uh, that Sam has a certain allegiance. Uh, he used to host a podcast, um, called Keanu Believe It, uh, all about the man, Keanu Reeves. So we'll address that in a bit, but just like maybe throw one of these out the window, you know, like this man is biased. Yeah. He's a friend of the site, but he's biased. Friend of the site, I, but friend not of the f- site, and that's why I honor him. Yeah, but, like, but, but I still have questions about his credibility. But you know? not friend of a fair and balanced democracy. So his choice is here. He says Oppenheimer. Good so far. And then he says, and then he says Wick Four, and and see, this is the problem. <laughs> a, I believe he meant to say John Wick Chapter Four. Uh, and B, he hosted a Keanu Reeves podcast. You have to keep that in mind. Okay. All right. Uh, Maestro that, that, that's interesting. I didn't like the look of Maestro, uh, but it's certainly distinct and I can see somebody enjoying it. I respect Um, the decision. Don't respect it. I respect it. Uh, one that I respect less 
<laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, is oh, um, it's actually good. This ha- one's good. This one's good. Haunting in Venice. Yeah. Um, which uh, it is. Uh, you know what? I think back on it, it's an interesting pick. It's it's uh, I. It's a good looking movie. I, I, I won't deny. Those those Dutch angles look amazing. And that's not yes. a joke. That's not a joke. I, I I think it does look like a good movie. It looks like a good movie. And then his final choice here, he says Barbie. So of course, he's Barbie. Oh, oh uh, he also adds on, still need to watch Killers of the Flower Moon, but damn, Prieto had a year. Yes, that's, that's what um, I'm saying. What was that saying. man's name? Rodrigo Prieto? Yes. So I believe that's what he meant to say. Our next uh, message comes from uh, Jay McMillan. Always on top of things here. Um, he says, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, El Conde, which I don't know what that is. I'm looking that up right now. I've been stumped. El Conde. Oh, I know what it is. It's the uh, 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 Pablo uh, uh, Lorraine movie. Uh, Pablo Lorraine also directed... Uh, 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 Spencer and Jackie. So uh, he made a movie for Netflix called El Condone. Oh, sorry, El El Conde. Uh, it, it it's it it made a blip. Uh, not many not many people not many people know about it, including one Siobhan Irving. So yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the director of uh, Spencer and Jackie. You say yes. Uh, no, thank you. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> And his last pick here, uh, and look, I, I talked about Sam Shot first biases. Um, I have to bring up that Jay McMillan is one of my wrestle buddies. Uh, we talk about wrestling pretty often. So he does have a certain bias. I would not say it's as strong as friend of the site Sam Shot first uh, bias, but uh, still something to keep in mind. Jay McMillan does say the Iron Claw. But it, and I agree. Beautiful movie. It is. It is a good looking movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. That was uh, the third of my ones that I was mulling over. It was uh, the killer in Iron Claw. Um, so I'm glad it got brought up. Now we move on to uh, your former co-host, the real Matt C, Matt Curione, blowing up on Twitter recently. Just having tweet after tweet blow up. Unstoppable. Uh, he said, "We got we got celebrities in here. Come on, people. You want to join? Come on, people. Uh, what are you talking about? Saltburn again? <laughs> uh, Good one, Shavad. He says Oppenheimer, Asteroid City, Flower Moon. I do believe he means Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, careful, man. Uh, the Killer." And the holdovers, which I I did want to talk a little about, I thought you might have brought it up. Shot on film, I th- it has to have been right. I believe so. Like there's, if it wasn't, like fuck you for making the movie look like that. Oh, I come on. didn't like the look. I did not like the look of that movie at all. I thought it no. looked kind of gross. Hey, come on, I, I, it's it's supposed to look like a like. Uh, 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 not necessarily Animal House, but like like a seventies college yeah, I, like I got that yeah but why why come on Javon it's it's I don't think it looks disgusting I got that I didn't like that ah fair 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 uh gaming friend Joey Joey uh he brings up uh Oppenheimer 
Killers of the Flower Moon. The Killer. John Wick 4. I do believe he means John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah. And uh, Maestro. Uh, we haven't talked about John Wick Chapter 4 yet. Um, even though Sam Shaw first brought it up, thrown to the site. Uh, it, uh, it's 100% striking movie. I... I I can't deny uh, the, the way they shoot these cinema um, cinematography, the way they shoot these action scenes. It remains impressive to this day. Um, even though I, necess- I don't know if it's necessarily evolved since like two or three, but like it remains fucking astounding to me. Um, and uh, we get some beautiful views of Paris. The staircase scene is shot so interestingly. Like, the, the staircase scene alone, and not even the staircase scene alone, the fucking Hotline Miami overhead sh- uh, fire shotgun scene alone, that's standout scene of the year for me. And And then you go from there to the staircase. And the staircase is just... Like the way that they that the way that they follow they 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 allow you to follow that action while letting it and it still looks amazing. It, it's it's impressive. And the same with the the roundabout at the Arc de Triomphe, um, with the cars going everywhere. Like that had to be hell to film. They pull it off uh, masterfully. Like it looks effortless. Um, John Wick Chapter Four in particular, I. I uh, it might be the best looking movie in the series. I I I I, I might say that. Um, I might have to do a re- full rewatch to say that for sure. But like, and John there on the steps at the end with that beautiful sunlight. I mean, it's damn, it's good stuff. Now you you say all that, you praise it, and you said uh, at the start of that you said can't deny it, one of the best uh, looking movies, uh, and yet it's not on your list. I didn't really like the things that just popped into my mind. They weren't popping into my mind when I considered it. Oh, you know, see, this is why we do this. This is why we go to the discord. Yeah, I, frankly, I think I should have put it on my list for you top five. Dubby. I screwed up. Um, no, no doubt about it. Um, now, uh, Mike Schindler, your co-host on Soderbergh 2828, Mike Schindler. <clears throat> he says, uh, very simply, it's John Wick. Now, so now has the only no 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 yeah, you on, go on, on this uh, 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 now we should look this up. Did the John Wick uh, uh, was he a cinematographer on on something? Was he did he hmm. did he lens like uh, was was he the, was he the cinematographer on uh, Skidmarink? Was he? I, if that didn't if if that wasn't the case, I think maybe we should just like look up and make sure. Did the film John Wick come out this year? For last year, like maybe maybe my memory's just wrong. I don't know. Mm. No, so, of yeah. course, yeah, I do believe. Of course, go I ahead. I do believe that Mike Schindler meant to say John Wick Chapter Four, and if that that's the only thing he wanted to say, yeah, fair enough. I don't blame you. Yeah, Mike's a guy that sees a lot of films um, uh, every year, and uh, look, that's the one that stood out to him the most. Uh, that 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 means a lot. I do I do trust his judgment. Uh, every now and then, yeah. But hey, we, we can all be wrong. Uh, and, and and naming a movie that came out ten years ago, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming he meant the new one. But okay, we can move on. 
Uh, okay, and then, <laughs> and then uh, I believe this is our finale. Yes, um, yes, it is. Yes, uh, we have Noah Thompson, and Noah Thompson actually went through the trouble of naming uh, the cinematographers. So uh, we're going to learn some things here, not just about Noah, but about uh, film. Well, I, I, so, I also named the cinematographers. I don't know if you caught that. No, nah, I wasn't listening to yours. Thank you. Uh, but. Uh, so uh, Noah says Dan Lauston for John Wick Chapter Four. Thank you for actually writing out the full name, and he even he even put the colon in there. Like that's it's, that's so nice. We love to see that. Uh, Robert D. Yeoman and Tristan Oliver for Asteroid City. Jaron Blaschke and Lowell A. Meyer for Knock at the Cabin. Uh, another vote for. For knocking, well, not another vote, I guess, because I only put it in an honorable mention, but like somebody else agrees with me that that movie looks great. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, um, oh wait, hold on, he got this one wrong. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Steven who, who Soderbergh. Who actually edited this? Hold on, give me a second, I'm gonna look this up because people get this confused all the time. Let's see, Magic Mike's Last Dance, going through the credits. Peter Andrews was a cinematographer. Okay, yeah. Okay, so he meant... Okay, so what Noah meant to say was Peter Andrews for Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yes. And uh, uh, Jamie D. Ramsey for All of Us Strangers. Wow, um, which is a movie I'm going to see uh, tomorrow. Uh, uh, and yeah. I'm going to talk about on the show. Oh, hey, you know, uh, by the way, thanks Noah and everybody who who uh, gave us their picks. We appreciate it every week, honestly. Yeah, and we're not done uh, because if oh, you will remember, Marcelo. Uh, 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 do you want to? What, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? I've got another fucking Discord I go to. Oh yeah, hold on. Before we do that, I'll just say all of the strangers. I'm seeing that tomorrow, and I'm also seeing Zone of Interest on Monday. So and of course we'll talk about the Golden Globes uh, next episode. So stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, I'll talk about those movies. We'll talk about the Golden Globes. What a, what a, what a wonder next episode's going to be. All right, continue, Shimon. Yes, I I went over to the Hollywood Handbook, uh, which is a comedy podcast. Uh, their their unofficial Discord, um, boasting over six hundred members, uh, and asked the people there. Uh, I've done this for the last few weeks. I've gotten a handful of responses. Uh, this week I got one response, so perhaps I stopped doing this. But <laughs> the 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 response I did get was unexpected. It was from uh, uh, it was from the lovely Lexi Zaninetti. Uh She provides us with Anatomy of a Fall, which hey, interesting, okay, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's one we haven't heard, but yeah, it, it's a good pick. All right, you want to hear another one we haven't heard? Sure, Napoleon. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's yeah, you good. don't like that one. As much. <laughs> Not in love with it. I, I, it looks fine. It's, uh, I'll, you know what? I appreciate, I appreciate the, 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 a, a new answer, but I also say not a fan of that look. It's, it's a little bit muddy. It's too muddy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, she also says flower moon with a question mark. Um, so just first off, I want to say, I'm sorry for having to do this to you, uh, Lexi, cause I like you so much, but I, I do believe that Lexi meant killers of the flower moon. And I don't know what she meant by the question mark. Per- perhaps she forgot the name of the movie. She goes flower moon question mm, mark. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
Uh, is that it? Is that was that the entirety? That of, was all. Yeah, I got right? one response over there. Well, hey, uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's what that those are the people's choices. Oh, the people's choices, and now it's time. Here's the here's the perfect transition. Mm. Now it's time yeah. for gold derby's choices. Ah, uh, yeah, it's gotta happen. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, we gotta remember to pick our picks for what's gonna win. At the Oscars. So remember to do that too. I'm talking to you, Siobhan, because I'm going to forget. Gold Derby game. Here we go. Opening up Gold Derby again on this episode. The way this works is I open up Gold Derby, which is a site where people, experts, I told you this already, but just a reminder, people, like experts and just random yahoos, they get to predict what's going to win the big one, the Oscars. And I, I, I quiz Siobhan... Uh, uh, I see if she can get the the top five uh, ranked. It doesn't need to be ranked. Just name the top five. Uh, but yeah, th- th- this is ranked from one to five on what's most likely to win to least likely to win. So here we go. Siobhan, right. it's on you now. Best cinematography. So this is what happens to me every single time. I'm going to name Oppenheimer. That's number one. You got Oppie, number one. And I'm going to name Killers of the Flower Moon. That's number two. You got two. And I am always confident in like two. And then I have to start thinking. And then everything falls apart for me. But what I'm going to say, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Call me crazy. Crazy. Mm, Barbie. Ooh, number eight. Number eight. This is I just it just falls all apart. Uh, I'm also gonna say poor things. Number three, you got number three. All right, all right, all right. Look at that, you're uh, rolling. From, from there, I'm uh, kind of out to sea uh, without a paddle. Um, uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start moving towards um, zone of interest. Ooh, look at you! You get the fifth one. Number mm, five. Damn, wow. wow. Hey, hey, look, it, it just worked for me. I am going for another foreign film, Anatomy of the Fall. Ah. Uh, God damn it. That's number 19, by the way. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Uh, so, but I, I, I'm excited you got... Oppenheimer 1, Killers 2, 3, Poor Things, 5, Zone of Interest. Number 4, it has been mentioned, not by either of us on our list, but it was mentioned on the Discord. We both... Holdovers. Nope. Holdovers is... We both what? We both what? Number 10. I was going to say, we both have seen the movie. Okay, we've both seen Holdovers. But not. it was not um. Holdovers. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, it wasn't mentioned by us. It's not Asteroid City. Um, it's not May December. Asteroid City number twelve. By the way, by the way, May December. Uh, number twenty six. City. Um, I give you one uh, more hint. It was mentioned in the Discord. It was yeah. Somebody in the at least one person, maybe two, mentioned this movie. Uh, my. Fa- mean, it's not Saltburn. No, Saltburn is number seven. And, and wait, that was on your list. That was on my so. list. Uh, my my final hint is, I predict this movie 
will be nominated for the following categories. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director. No, maybe not Best Director. Maybe Best Director, though. Best Screenplay. Uh, I'd say Best... Maestro. Yeah, Maestro. You got it number four. Maestro. I should I should have I should have got that I should have got that. It's okay. I'm gonna say this. Very weird that 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 it's it's looking like it'll get best cinematography. Very weird. I I I, I agree with you. Yeah. But uh, you know, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck ever? Exactly. What the fuck ever? Uh, all right. So yeah. Uh, uh, let's let's let let's let's pick uh, what we think is gonna get the big one. Uh, um. Actually, I mean, speaking of the big one, yeah, I'm gonna go with it. The big bomb that got dropped uh, on the box office this year, but it was a positive bomb, but it was a negative bomb. Uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm gonna Do you be killers. Uh, I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna be a little, little, little devil here. I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm gonna say mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna root for it personally, and I'm going to say it's gonna it's gonna sneak past Oppenheimer. I I have a feeling uh, in my gut of guts, I think Killers of the Flower Moon is gonna. I think I th- I still think it's gonna win Best Picture, and I think it's gonna uh, rank uh, it's gonna it's gonna grab some awards. On its way to winning Best Picture, and I think one of those is going to be Best Cinematography. So I'm going to go with Killers of the Flower Moon. That's going to win Best Picture. Sorry, and Best Cinematography. All right, that's it. We're done. Uh, Siobhan, uh, thank you. Do we do plugs on this show? No. Okay, so yeah, Marcelo, thank you for doing this for me. Oh uh, fuck! I, know you're, I got one more uh, thing. Uh, yes, go ahead. Go. Sorry, I. But uh, well, uh, you you say one thing, and I'll say one more thing. Go ahead. Thank you for doing this for me, for us, for the people. For the people, um, I do appreciate it very much. Yeah. Uh, even and especially so, doubly so, in your compromised uh, immune system state. Yes. Uh, you are a warrior, sir. Uh, I do this for you and also for you the listener I do it for all of you I am like Jesus Christ on the Christ <laughs> uh, next week we're doing the Golden Globes did you mean to say that? What? what? what do you mean did I mean to say that? Jesus Christ on the Christ? <laughs> let's just say yes I meant to say that <laughs> I'm like Jesus crossed on the Christ. <laughs> Next week, we uh, do a Golden Globes uh, wrap up. Uh, uh, you're going to tune in? I am. I think I am. Are they, are they streaming on Peacock or anything? I believe so. I think that was yeah. the deal. Actually, actually, I have, I have Peacock... Uh, no, it's not Peacock because they they switched uh, channels. It's going to be on CBS, so I think it'll be on Paramount Plus. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. So I, I'll I'll probably end up watching it. I I could use something to do. Yeah. Uh, on that day. So uh, yeah. Why not? Well, if if, if who's who's hosting? Rick, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, he's back. 
He's, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Imagine Ricky Gervais did it now. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> uh, all right, go to Globes Talk next week. Um, I hope sincerely that there is a woman period uh, presenting an award or uh, maybe doing some kind of interview segment. I really hope that she makes a golden globes reference about her breasts. (laughs) I really hope that happens again. Do we want to take bets on if that happens? I, if I'm if if I'm take if I'm taking a serious bet, I would say no. But but uh, I don't know. I'm just remembering that as being an old joke. I'm just trying to be a little jokester. Oh, you're a little, you're song. being cheeky, being cheeky. Being uh, cheeky uh, here we go. Uh, in order to make this episode even longer, let's let's do a rapid fire. Uh, who's gonna win the Golden Globe for best motion picture drama? Siobhan, pick one of these movies. Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, The, the Zone of Interest. Pick one. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Oppenheimer. Okay, next oh, ca- oh. next next category. We're, just gonna, we're gonna do the big ones. Uh, musical or comedy, motion picture. Here we go. Nominees: Air, American Fiction, Barbie, Holdovers, May December, Poor Things. Siobhan, pick one. Barbie. I'm gonna go holdovers. Okay. Uh, here we go. Next category: best cinematic and box office achievement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barbie, Guardians three, John Wick four, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning one, Oppenheimer, uh, Across the Spider Verse, Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Super Mario Brothers movie. Siobhan, pick one. Uh, okay, uh, it has to either be Barbie or Oppenheimer. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm Barbie. Yeah, I'm also gonna say Barbie, the number one movie of last year and the the billion dollar movie that everybody talked about. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah. gonna win. Uh, let's do director and then let's get the hell out of here. Uh, I'm scrolling through director. Okay, your nominees are. Uh, Bradley Cooper, Maestro. Celine Song, Past Lives. Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer. Greta Gerwig, Barbie. Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. And Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things. Uh, who, 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 who do you think is going to win? Um, I almost want to go with a spoiler here, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to stick with my brain. I'm just going to say Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan. Mm, uh, my, my, yeah. I'll let you pick yours first. Uh... I'm going to go with the Now I I'll say this before I say this. I don't know anything about this new Golden Globes. The uh the uh the yeah. uh uh who, who are they? The Hollywood Foreign Press. Like they're all gone. Uh I don't know who's, who's picking this. But I'm going to say I I I think they're going to pick an interesting choice. Uh I'm I think they're going to go with Greta Gerwig Barbie. Oh, oh, I oh, I, I actually didn't even think of her i kind of missed her name but i was gonna i was gonna say i i I almost wanted to say yorgos yeah that that would be kind of like an oddball not oddball like left field choice yeah yeah 
Well, we'll see. We'll talk more about this next week when we actually watch the goddamn Golden Globes and we talk about the winners. Because mm. uh, we're bo- hey, we're both well, we're both committed, right? We're seeing the Golden Globes. Uh, yes, and it's and it's uh, what three and a half hour, four hour glory. Oh God, I, I, I I'm, I'm committed. I'm seeing the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm talking to you, Siobhan. Hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, I had a swell time doing this, Marcella. Thank you for doing it for me. Um, now, before and, uh, yeah, now before we wrap up, who's going to win best performance by a male actor in a motion picture musical comedy? You got Jeffrey Wright. Why you? No, I'm joking. All right, thanks, Siobhan. Thanks, listeners. And as always, hey, I see you at the movies. Nope. I never say that, aren't I?